Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to In the Huddle, the exclusive weekly talk show dedicated to NCAA Division III football's Liberty League Conference. Tonight, your hosts, Eric Wren and Frank Ross, will recap last week's Liberty League action and interview the newsmakers around the league. We'll also preview next week's action and take your calls and online questions. So sit back and put your game face on because you're In the Huddle. Now, live from Studio One in Saratoga Springs, New York, your hosts, Eric Wren and Frank Rossi. All right. You are in the huddle, folks. Welcome. This is Eric Wren, joined here live by Frank Rossi. Good evening, Frank. Good evening, Eric. How are you? I am doing quite well, Frank. My co-host, Frank Rossi, here with us from Coral Gables, scenic Miami, home of the victory today of the Miami Dolphins over my heavily favored Buffalo Bills, Frank. <laughs> Sorry about that, Eric. I was watching the uh, end of that game, and, uh, yeah, you know what? The, the Dolphins kind of earned that one because the Bills just kept making mistakes throughout the second half. Wildcat offense, baby. Wildcat offense. <laughs> Bringing the college game to the pros. We're here to talk about college, so... Hey, what, what a fitting intro. Folks, it's the, the week ending October 25th, and you are in the huddle on blogtalkradio.com. I'm Eric Wren, joined here live with my colleague and brother-in-arms, Mr. Frank Rossi, to bring you exclusive coverage of NCAA Division III's Liberty League Conference on blogtalkradio.com. We've got a great slate of guests for you this evening. We have, uh, as you might well know, in fact, I actually have something, Frank, because, uh, you know, since this, since this is uh, the Dutch Shoes game, you know, the, the, uh, the Dutch Shoes week coming up, RPI Union, which we have heavily focused on, um, I thought I'd play a little, little uh, <laughs> theme music there, Frank. Oh, you know, everyone, everyone likes to talk about the wine and cheese at Union and the rivalry, so yeah, I thought I'd put something a little bit special there together for you. What do you think? <laughs> you know... You only got 27 I, I more minutes than you do. I, I, I and we'll talk about it you know, throughout this show. I had to get a little dig in there. You know. uh, folks, uh, tonight's guest, this is a great slate of folks we got. As, as I just mentioned, this is, on top of all the other Liberty League action that we're going to cover from across the conference and preview for next week, we would be remiss in saying if we did not place special emphasis this week on the Dutch Shoes contest between the RPI engineers and Union College Fighting Dutchmen. This contest has been going on. It's actually been a trophy game since 1950 officially, but they've been playing each other for over 100 years off and on. One of the oldest college rivalries in all of upstate New York and probably top 25 in the country. So, folks, our guests today are going to include head football coach Joe King from RPI at 8 o'clock. At 8.20, Tony Morello, one of the Hogs, offensive lineman from Union, a senior. Uh, can't wait to hear from him. Uh, at coach 40, at 8.40, Coach John Audino, head coach of Union, then at 9 o'clock, we're going to finish up our guest segment this evening with Nick Cassell, a fifth-year senior defensive tackle from RPI. Frank, our theme tonight, lineman. What do you think of that? 
Not not just linemen, but on both sides of the ball. So this could be interesting. We could have some uh, bulletin board material here or something, Eric. Let's uh, see what happens throughout this show. So, Frank, actually we also have, and I'll let you uh, talk about that for a second, in our, in our uh, desire to bring you folks exclusive coverage uh, or exclusive content, bonus content throughout the league, we always strive to bring you interesting guests, not only guests, but interesting uh, geographies that they come from. So Frank was uh, lucky enough to arrange at 740 Rusty Egan, the uh, WPI Sports Information Director, just for a couple minutes to uh, talk about uh, his perspective on where WPI is at, their second place in the conference. But Frank, I think it'd be interesting if you told everyone exactly how you lined up Rusty this evening. Yeah, I called him about 25 minutes ago. I said, hey, Rusty, we, we want to talk about uh, WPI versus Hobart, which is one of the biggest games that WPI will face uh, in their recent history, at least. And uh, he, I'm like, can you join us for a few minutes uh, around 7.40? He's like, well, Frank, one problem. I'm actually uh, walking into the World Series right now. So uh, he's still calling, and we, we might have an interesting call with him for those five, ten minutes or however long it lasts. But we do want to talk about that game because the way the schedule lines up this week, Eric, You've got what is essentially the number four team right now, Union, even though they're tied to two losses in the league with a bunch of teams. They're probably the best team uh, in terms of chances to win the league uh, out of all those teams. So we'll call them number four de facto right now versus number one, RPI. And then you have number two and number three, Hobart and WPI, facing each other. It, it could be double elimination week, whereas you'll only have two teams standing by the end of this weekend, or you'll have a big glut in the middle of the top of the uh, rankings. Yeah, absolutely, Frank. Interesting, uh, you know, interesting week in football. You're going to go through our in the huddle, or I'm sorry, our, around the uh, league segment in a, in a moment where you recap the previous week's action. But, folks, again, where we look at right now, where we stand in the Liberty League as of week, uh, well, it depends on how you look at it, week six, week five, it's actually week five of conference play. Uh, right now, RPI sits atop the Liberty League with a 4-0 conference record, 6-0 and regular season record. WPI right now is in second place at 3-1 and in the conference with their only loss being to RPI. Their overall record 6-1. and Hobart is also at 3-1 and in the conference and 5-1. and So you've got two teams right underneath RPI with only one loss. Then one, one peg below that, you've got Union at 2-2 two and two in the conference, Susquehanna at 2-2. Two and two. And then the rest of the conference where folks really don't probably have much of a shot at this point in the season to to come back and win that automatic bid to the NCAAs. Rochester two and three in the conference, Merchant Marine at one and four, and St. Lawrence at zero and four. So that being said, as we always do, we're going to take you around the league to talk about this weekend's action and recap the games, so you can uh, be brought around, be brought up to speed. Here you go. In a blustery and rainy day on Long Island, the Hobart Statesmen looked to bounce back from their loss to Union with a visit to the Merchant Marine Academy. However, the Mariners looked to bounce back from their own recent troubles, too. Neither team showed much momentum early in the game as the teams fought to a scoreless first quarter. Hobart finally gained traction in the second quarter as the Statesmen looked to have scored a touchdown on fourth and goal from the one, only to have a penalty wipe the touchdown. Coach Mike Craig opted for the field goal from the Mariners' six-yard line and guided his team to a 3-0 lead. Just one minute later, the Mariners were forced to punt from deep in their own territory. Here's Seth Canner from the Mariners Football Radio Network on the call. The kick was blocked by the Statesman. The ball rolls into the end zone, pounced in the end zone, a touchdown by the Hobart Statesman. The kick was blocked by Kevin Grogan, Drake Woodward. The cornerback on special teams took it to the house, 
and Hobart takes a 9-0 lead with 8.37 left to go. The extra point would make the halftime score 10-0 in favor of Hobart. The second half felt much like the first half as both teams failed to score in the third quarter, with Hobart's defense proving tough, giving up just 46 yards on 45 plays during the day. Yet Hobart went 47 minutes without scoring an offensive touchdown until the 13-minute mark of the fourth quarter. First down and goal. Here's the handoff. Hobart is in for the touchdown. Andrew Marlier with the touchdown, and Hobart might have just put this game away. They take a 16-0 lead on Marlier's third touchdown of the season. The statesman would add a 10-yard touchdown pass from quarterback Rich Doyle to Zach Schultz to seal the Mariners' fate. The final score was 24-0 Hobart. Anthony Hobika and Andrew Marley are combined for 151 rushing yards and a touchdown for the Statesmen, who moved to 5-1 overall and 3-1 in the Liberty League. Meanwhile, the Mariners, who were led on defense by Calder Katz's 12.5 tackles, lost their fourth straight game, falling 2-6 and 1-4 respectively. WPI looked to keep its playoff hopes alive as the engineers hosted the Rochester Yellow Jackets. WPI started strong as quarterback Justin Wells found receiver R.C. Grady for a 16-yard touchdown pass and a 7-0 lead. Rochester's special teams would keep the Yellow Jackets in the game, though, with a punt block deep in WPI territory that Dan Reynolds landed on in the end zone to tie the game at 7 apiece after one quarter of play. Wells wasn't finished, though, helping his team regain the lead with a one-yard touchdown run for a 14-7 lead. Wells led his team on the ground with 64 yards rushing in addition to his 150 passing yards. WPI's defense proved strong throughout the first half, shutting out the Yellow Jackets in the second quarter and leaving the halftime score at 14-7 in favor of WPI. The second half began much like the first half, as Wells drove his team downfield and handed the ball off to Manny Camber for a six-yard touchdown run. Rochester's offense continued to sputter in the third quarter while WPI looked to be in control. Yet WPI's potential fourth touchdown drive was cut short, giving Rochester a chance. Halfway through the fourth quarter, Rochester quarterback Raisin Zubik fought off his tough two-interception day with an important five-yard touchdown pass to Zach Inglesby to make the score 21-14 in favor of WPI. The Yellow Jackets would get one more chance, though, after WPI failed to keep their ensuing drive alive. Rochester drove down to the WPI 14 in hopes of drawing overtime, but the team could not get any closer to the end zone. The final score was 21-14. WPI, who was led on defense by Stefan Nekatra's 14 tackles and one interception, and by Andrew Sides' 10 tackles and two pass breakups, moves to 6-1 overall and 3-1 in the league. Rochester falls to 2-5 and 2-3 and respectively following their loss. It was a battle of the only undefeated Liberty League team versus the only winless team in the league when the RPI engineers visited the St. Lawrence Saints. The weather was cold, windy, and rainy as the teams tried to avoid mistakes on the field. But St. Lawrence made a costly early error, turning the ball over to the engineers during their first drive deep in their own territory. RPI made St. Lawrence pay with quarterback Jimmy Robertson finding Mike Phil for a 7-yard touchdown reception. The PAT failed, but RPI was up 6-0 after one quarter. The second quarter showcased RPI's running game as Bob Munier, who saw more playing time following the injury to tailback Nick Costa the prior week, scored RPI's second touchdown from two yards out. RPI closed out the half with the 26-yard Peter Nielsen field goal, making the halftime score 16-0 in favor of RPI. St. Lawrence came out of halftime looking to challenge RPI, and the Saints made it close with an 11-yard touchdown pass from J.P. Kearney to Ryan Cooney. The two-point conversion from Kearney to Cooney split the deficit to 16-8. to However, for the second straight week, the third quarter quickly became a nightmare for St. Lawrence. 
After driving to the Saints 26-yard line, RPI's lead ballooned. Here's Kurt Stutt from 91.5 FM WRPI Troy with the call. Four wide up formation once again. Robertson looking near side. Pump fake. Now he's going for the corner for McCarthy. McCarthy up. He's got it. Touchdown! St. Lawrence's ensuing drive was short-lived, forcing the Saints to punt. Popov kicks it. Taken by Phil at the 26-yard line. Ahead to the 30. Phil gets away from a couple of guys. To the 35. Near side to the 40. Phil has to beat the kicker. He does. Phil's to the 40. He's got a couple more guys going for the angle. 25, 20, 15, 10. Phil in for the touchdown. Now up 30-8. to eight. RPI looks to Robertson and receiver Aaron Savasi for insurance from the Saints' 20-yard line. Robertson drops back looking to throw. Runs to the far side. Doesn't see anybody open. Now throws across the field to Savasi. Touchdown. Robertson Slavasi would connect one more time in the fourth quarter for a final score of 44-8 in favor of RPI. RPI moves to 6-0 and 4-0 in the Liberty League following Robertson's four-touchdown performance and Joe Albano's 12 tackles for the Engineers. The Saints fall to 0-7 and 0-4 in the league despite holding on to the ball for 35 minutes. RPI is our only one. Okay, we're back here on In the Huddle. It's Dutchman Shoes Week, but we're not quite there yet. Uh, we're going to be talking about that at 8 o'clock, so stay tuned. We'll tell you about next weekend's pregame show and all that stuff coming up at 8 p.m. But first, live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, in an improbable uh, circumstance of sorts, we are going to be taking you live to Game 2 of the World Series, but not to talk about baseball. We're going to be talking about what is technically an elimination game between the WPI engineers and the Hobart Statesmen. And why that's kind of odd to say is, folks, we are how far into the season, and WPI is still standing strong. Uh, you heard it during round the league, how they uh, beat last, yesterday Rochester, who was uh, trying to come back at the end of the game, failed to do so. But the loser of that game coming up this Saturday will probably be out of NCAA playoff contention. We'll be looking at the ECAC uh, playoffs instead. The winner continues with only two weeks left in their schedule to possibly head toward the playoff slot. And we've got Rusty Egan with us right now, the Sports Information Director from WPI. Rusty, how you doing? Hi, guys. How are you? Can you guys hear me? Absolutely. I can hear you loud and clear, Rusty. Uh, sorry if I'm, if I'm hiding. I'm trying to avoid the guys from ESPN Radio because they do have the exclusive rights here to the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to get anyone in trouble. <laughs> Frank, don't use the World World Series anymore in this broadcast, please. Uh, uh, championship baseball game. How's that? <laughs> actually, Good. we're very excited for that, but thanks for giving me the opportunity to come on. Yeah, Rusty. Rusty Go ahead, Frank. I was just going to say, Russell, we appreciate it, but, uh, you know, w- what is going on over there in Worcester? We talked to Coach DeLume early in the season. We talked to Justin Wells and Matt Boudreaux. I, I mean, we-, we talked to plenty of WPI guys. We're not going to take credit for this, but at the same time, each of them sounded so excited uh, about the season, and we all were kind of like, yeah, it sounds like you guys are doing pretty well, but, you know, can it last the whole season? Well, so far, so good. What's the feeling over there? You know, I, I-, I try and think back to uh, what it was opening weekend, and we were really pushed to the limit right off the bat with a unprecedented, at the time, five-overtime game with UMass Dartmouth, and, and to think, uh, you know, to see our team evolve over the six weeks since, it's really been 
um, an incredible process. And, you know, I don't care if you're WPI, RPI, any team in the Liberty League, Mountain Union, Whitewater, whoever, you want to play meaningful football games in November, and we're excited that we're going to have that opportunity on Saturday at Hobart. You know, Rusty, uh, Sarah, Grant, we, we obviously, as you know, Frank and I, this week we kind of get involved and, and do the whole Dutchman Shoes thing, and that we promote that rivalry, and there's going to be a lot of content on that about that rivalry this week specifically. However, you take that game aside, you take the Shoes game out of it, right now it'd be hard to argue this, you know, that any other game can match the significance, at least this late in the season, of a one-loss WPI team and a one-loss Hobart team. I mean, like Frank said, this really has some playoff feel to it, implications, because there's a good shot still, given the landscape of the rest of the you know, NCAA right now, that a second Liberty League team, possibly a one-loss team, if, if, say, RPI ends up winning out and there's a one-loss team behind them, we could, you know, Liberty League could send two teams. So what's the atmosphere there at campus as far as are folks really treating this like a, a, a playoff game you know, with, with a couple regular season games left to go? Well, obviously I can't speak for Zoomer or the team, but um, you know they have implied. I know it's it, it's overused one game at a time, and and that's what's gotten us to this point. Uh, we would love to have a rivalry game with Hobart, uh, you know, to have a name or, or something like that. But we realize that you know this week is our most important game. The same way Rochester this past week was our most important game, and and you know our team was aware of the fact that when we played Rochester this week, they entered with a 2-4 and four record. But, you know, you go inside the numbers and, and realize that three of their four losses have been the teams that had participated in the NCAAs last year. So, you know, we were fortunate enough just to get past a, a very good Rochester team uh, this weekend. And then, you know, before we can worry about RPI and before we can scoreboard watch for the rest of the country, we gotta, we're playing a really good football team in Hobart this week. Rusty, take us briefly through that uh, Rochester game. It seemed like WPI was going to be going up 28-7 to in that game, but then uh, next thing I knew, uh, looking, I was trying to follow all three games simultaneously yesterday. Uh, it was still 21-7, to then it's suddenly 21-14. to What happened in that third to fourth quarter uh, area that kind of turned things around for Rochester? Well, like you noticed, it was a tale of two halves. Rochester's only offensive points actually came on a block punt. Uh, the only, the, their only offensive points in the first three quarters was on a block punt right before the first half. They really uh, seized momentum back from us. And then um, if, if, you, if you did read the story, um, you know, they had the ball inside the WPI uh, 15 three times in the, uh, in, in the fourth quarter. So, uh, you know, they were able to run the ball uh, very effectively. I mean, uh, Clarence was a heck of a running back. And it was only a matter of time until he got on track. And you know what? We uh, we really have to pat ourselves on the back uh, to limit him to 84 yards. You know, he's outstanding. Uh, young quarterback made great decisions, and uh, we were fortunate enough uh, to have our defense uh, step up when it mattered most. Hey, Rusty, subjective kind of point here. I'm going to ask you, but preliminary forecasts, and you can always take those with a grain of salt. 45 sunny. High, you know, high 45 sunny in Geneva for Saturday. Not a bad, you know, day for football, a little cold. Let me ask you this, though. You guys play on artificial turf. I played on that turf. Um, any, any, you know, comments from the players? Do those guys, how do they play, how do they fare on grass? Do you find that they have any issues getting off the turf for the grass? Uh, just not with them at practice every day. Not really an easy question for me to say. Uh, you know, I'll make the joke. It's always sunny in the edge, Geneva, so we'll, uh, 
we'll, we'll plan on having good weather, but, you know, if we don't have good weather, we'll adapt. Uh, we, we have moved to the new, the new turf, which is uh, obviously a lot more uh, similar to the grass than, uh, than the product that you used to play on uh, when you graced the, uh, the, the old turf at Alumni Field. You mean with the sand coming through the carpet? <laughs> we'll call it the beach. How about that? Hey, do they practice on grass during the during the week? We have we have one game field uh, for our football, our two soccer programs, and our field hockey program. Um, and I'm also uh, I also anchor our scheduling efforts, so I can tell you uh, uh, we, we always have games going on, and Zoomer and all of our teams rotate over to the grass. Uh, off the top of my head, I'd say. Uh, at least twice a week we're on grass, uh, sometimes three. Okay, so you're getting some work there. Um, good. Hey, Rusty, we know you're somewhere with a lot of stuff going on around you. We're going to let you roll so we keep the show moving. Who, who do you got tonight in the contest that you're visiting? Who, who, who do you got for a prediction? Obviously you're there. On- uh, I'm going to toot my own horn. I sit up till I, I worked a good Liberty League football game last night, worked field hockey afterwards, got home, watched the Phillies until 2 in the morning, woke up at 6 in the morning, went to the Eagles game, here at one o'clock with my buddy Mark Aronson here, and that I'm sitting here with right now, and uh, I would be crazy around all these people not to pick my Philadelphia Phillies to win Game Four. Big game, big game, Joe Blanton tonight. Let's go through. There you go. Hey, folks, this is Eric Red again, Frank Rossi in the huddle, Block Talk Radio. You have Rusty Egan, one of our biggest supporters, you know, friend of the program, the sports information director for WPI. He's always been very gracious in helping us. Rusty, thanks for joining us from uh, the. Major League Baseball Championship Contest down there. Good luck tonight to your team. Anyone else you want to say goodbye to? Um, I just want to say hello. Uh, first off, I want to thank my wife for allowing me to go to the Eagles, <laughs> the Eagles game and the Phillies game, uh, especially since we live in Worcester, Massachusetts. And I wanted to say I don't like to make predictions on other Liberty League games, but since I have Union and RPI on the phone, I'm not going to predict the winner, but I am going to tell you I spell some overtime, gentlemen. Ah, so there you really? have it. Rusty Egan, Sports Fantasy Day in Philadelphia, getting the mail, you know, man cave experience. We're going to take a quick couple of seconds of breaks, come back, and Frank and I are going to transition into the other part of our show. Hey, thanks a lot, Rusty. Good luck tonight, and we'll talk to you later. It's never too late to benefit from healthy living. Even if you've had a lifetime of unhealthy habits, taking action now can still have a positive effect on your overall health. I'm Dr. Carolyn Clancy, Director of the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. The most important things you can do to stay healthy are get recommended screening tests, be tobacco-free, be physically active, eat a healthy diet, stay at a healthy weight, and drink alcohol in moderation. For more information about maintaining optimal health, visit www.ahrq.gov. So, EJ, we've designed you a signature shoe worthy of a three-time All-American with mad smarts and sick leadership skills. Ta-da! There are over 380,000 NCAA student-athletes. Yeah, you got your GPA in Boston, right? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and just about all of them will be going pro in something other than sports. Can I get it in a loafer for Casual Fridays? Yes. Yes. You're back with In the Huddle on blogtalkradio.com, the only talk show devoted to NCAA Division Three College Football's Liberty League Conference. Once again, from Studio One in Saratoga Springs, New York, your hosts, Eric Redd 
and Frank Rossi. And we are back here on In the Huddle. And, folks, uh, we've we got a tight schedule. Obviously, today we want to cover a lot of stuff for you. So we want to first do predictions of other games beyond the Dutchman Shoes game that are coming up. We might not have time later to do this. We want to focus on this now. And uh, why don't we start, Eric? We'll go about a minute each game here total. Uh, we'll give our ideas as to the following games. We'll start with the one we were just talking hey, can about. I, can I ask you one thing first? Oh, absolutely. Did you get musical um, input from Aaron Savasi? I, I really like. I, I asked that because I, I really liked your music this week on Around the League, and I, I know Aaron. Yep. We do a good job. After he called us old, he said we still kind of have some decent taste, and, and I thought you did a nice job there. With the uh, with the club music, and I'm just kind of wondering if, if that was something you did yourself, or if, if you got help with that. Uh, I, that was all me. Uh, in just a few hours' notice, I uh, popped that all together because I did have in my mind the fact that last week we were called old by Aaron Silvassi on this very show. But we're trying to move past last week for a variety of reasons, including just, that I, part I'm of just it. Asking, Frank, I'm just asking. You're, you're you're a very hip, trendy guy. You know, you're you're. Trendy, you're <laughs> You dress well. You're, you're you're up with the current music. Um, I pick out these healthy living public service commercials just because it makes me think of you. So that's uh you know just just a comment there. Okay. Anybody. Hey hey uh, WPI Hobart. Let's talk about that real <laughs> quick here now. Uh, you know what? This, this, this is one Frank that I, may I tell you? I mean I probably the toughest game all RPI Union aside. To me the toughest game in the docket to pick only because. You know, it's it's at Geneva. Hobart obviously is, you know, they are who we thought they are. They're a good team. They've played some tough games. Um, you know, they're, they're still in the hunt for, for, for the Liberty League title as well as the pool's potential Pool C bid. Hey, hey, they've been to the dance for the last, what, four years in a row? Uh, yep. You know, this is a team that's on their home turf. They've got an elimination game basically in their mind. They can't lose another game. WPI, on the other hand, you know, they're coming in here with a bullet. They've they, they, they've won, you know, all but one of their games. You know, they haven't won everything convincingly, but you know what? Good teams find a way to win in tough situations. Coach Zaloom, we know he's got that team ready. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, Frank, I like both these teams. Our friend Rusty Egan, Sid from uh, from uh, WPI, was just on there. I don't like making a prediction in a game like this only because it's too tough, but this is one where I'm just going to say this. WPI's got great weapons. they got a great you know, coach in Ed Zaloom. I just think right now Hobart's momentum as far as home field, fighting for their lives, I think that's going to be a difference. If this game's in WPI, I'd probably pick WPI. This game's in Geneva on the grass. I'm going to go with Hobart in a game that's decided by less than a touchdown. I watched the game uh, yesterday between Hobart and uh, Merchant Marine Academy on uh, Merchant Marine's website, and uh, Seth Canner, a good friend there, I was doing play-by-play uh, in place of Ray Martell, who had, I think, a birth in the family or something along those lines. So congratulations to him. Um, and, uh, you know, what I saw, I predicted last week that uh, Merchantry would upset Hobart, and it didn't happen. But let me tell you one thing. Hobart's offense needs to wake up. If they're going to win games for the remainder of the season, you can't blame the weather anymore. The weather's going to be cold and blustery for the rest of the season, it looks like, up in New York. So, you know what, you're going to have to deal with a lot of elements, and they could not really get themselves started until 47 minutes into the game. That was their first offensive touchdown yesterday in a 24-0 victory. Merchant Marine Academy's offense 
was nothing. And, yes, Hobart's defense is very good, but they didn't face a true offense yesterday. I think WPI uh, is going to have a better offense. I think they hang with Hobart, and I think that Hobart's <laughs> loss to Union uh, still is somewhere in their minds, the way that they came out kind of flat yesterday. So I'm saying WPI takes an early lead and holds on in that game uh, by a touchdown. Well, yeah, I, mean, uh, so Frank, I, yeah I, I think this game can go either way. I mean, this is a hard no, one sure. for me to pick because I think this year, earlier in the season, or, or a couple weeks ago, I even said I think WPI's a team to watch. They're they're a dark horse story right now. You know, all these other teams got to play each other, Union, RPI, Hobart. WPI's, you know, one loss. They can slide in here and make some noise. It, I, I like the story. I like the story in Worcester. I want to see them have success. It's, this one pains me. It, it, let's put it this way. If the shoes game wasn't happening Saturday, Frank, and we didn't have our pregame show and, and we didn't have those obligations, I would be hoofing it out to Geneva to watch this game if RPI, if RPI had a, you know, wasn't at home. Obviously, I, you know, I, I still have loyalties to those home games. But if RPI was on the road or was off and there wasn't a union game, I would certainly go out to my parents' house in Rochester and see this game because I think put this one down is, is probably one of the top two or three most important games in the conference in the season at this, you know, at this juncture. Okay, let's move quickly here for the last two. Uh, first, we have uh, St. Lawrence, Susquehanna. St. Lawrence is at Susquehanna. Uh, that's a big trip, long trip for St. Lawrence. I like Susquehanna in that game. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a lot to say about that. Susquehanna's at home. The Larrys have a long trip. <clears throat> they haven't really shown us anything this year. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a down year for the program. We wish them well. We wish all our Liberty League member teams well, but I tell you, St. Lawrence, I think, is taking a step backwards this year. They got to, they got to do some things. They got a lot of young players. You know, they're trying to right that ship. You know, all, all they can do is keep trying to build for next year. But I, I think Susquehanna is going to take care of them at home. And uh, one final non-league game that's on the uh, Liberty League docket, out of conference game, uh, Alfred at Rochester. Rochester, a team that's just on the skids, it feels like. Although they tried to come back heroically in some ways in that game yesterday, but it just fell short. Alfred, an upstart in the E8, the Empire 8, as always, uh, poses a threat. This year I like Alfred on top of Rochester, but I do, I'm going to root for Rochester in that game as uh, you know, a Liberty League guy, and just because Coach Green and his crew deserve a better numerical win-loss record than they have currently the way they played this season. They really do. Yeah, this is an interesting one for me personally. A, a, a few small minor ties of this. I mean, my father played football at Alfred way back when, years ago in the 50s, when they had undefeated really? seasons. And, oh, yeah, and they won the Lambert Trophy and everything. They, uh, yeah. they, they were undefeated, won the Lambert Trophy. So, you know, you got to pull for the family. However, I still like to see our Liberty League brethren do well against out-of-league teams. Scott Green was a great interview. Um, some of the other U of R players have been great guys to talk to. I don't know a lot about Alfred this year. Um, I'll put it this way. You know what, Frank? Blood's thicker than water. I'll, I'll pull for Alfred this week just, just for the pops. Okay. Well, there's uh, the three games besides the Dutchman Shoes game. We will not predict the Dutchman Shoes game here. Obviously, you know which way we lean uh, in terms of our allegiances. So instead of talking about that game, we're going to just hop into what we're calling Dutchman Shoes kickoff uh, in the huddle right now. So we're going to go to commercial. Come back with us, folks, because Coach Joe King should be joining us any minute now on In the Huddle. BlackTalkRadio.com.
You gotta be a bit crazy, a little bit out your mind If you've been drinking, then you go out and drive You're risking countless lives, and your own too Plus you risk hurting everyone that knows you Yeah, they'll be so blue, standing at your burial Thinking that you were a fool while at your memorial The point is, you shouldn't risk those lives If you drink, don't drive, if you drink, don't drive Spend a few bucks on a cab, or sleep while you've been drinking If you drink, don't drive, stay alive, start thinking Stay sober, arrive alive If you drink, don't drive, if you drink, don't drive Mad dog Okay, folks, we're back here on In the Huddle. Frank Rossi joined by Eric Wren, as always, on Down in Coral Gables. Next week, I will not be in Coral Gables, so I'll actually be in Studio One, I think, next week, because we are going to be uh, doing our annual, uh, this year we're calling it the In the Huddle pregame uh, shoes pregame show, excuse me, uh, right next to 86 Field in the parking lot. Come join us live if you can. We'll uh, try to entertain you there. But join us on WAVY uh, AM 1160 in Mechanical, New York, uh, is where that station's out of, but also SaratogaMoon.com. Uh, you'll be able to get the show over the Internet. We'll post the archive of it right here on the uh, Blog Talk radio site probably uh, later next week. But we want you uh, folks to join us for that on 1160 AM, WABY Mechanicville, and com. Uh, that will start at 11.15 a.m. and run for about 90 minutes, and we'll run into our normal Union College broadcast on WABY at 12.45 with our pregame show. Myself, Carmen Ardino, Tom Santa Barbara will be uh, bringing you live action. Uh, WRPI will also be doing a 91.5 FM. As you know, Kurt Stutt, Bob Conway will bring you uh, that broadcast. Out of fairness, we want to give both uh, kudos and credit here. So make sure you join us next weekend. It's Dutch and Shoes pregame show. And uh, Eric Wren, do, I, uh, do we have a uh, guest on the line with us? Well, we do. It's, it's, it's my absolute pre- privilege. See, I, I'm a little tongue-tied, Frank. It's, I'm, I'm in a steam company here. We, we have with us on the phone our first guest this evening, a, a, a gentleman who, who I know very well, who I'd like to consider someone who's a very important part of my life and my development as a human being, as well as hundreds of other folks who have passed through uh, Troy, New York, in their time as, as student athletes. Uh, Coach, Coach Joe King from RPI, are you with us on the phone? Yes, Eric. Uh, yep, it's nice to be with you. Hey, thanks a lot, Coach. I'm here with Frank Rossi in the Huddle Block Talk Radio, our Liberty League weekly talk show, and we've got a little bit of special, special flavor this week. We've got the Union Dutch Shoes matchup and all the things that go along with that. Coach, congratulations so far on a successful season to date. You're undefeated. You're sitting atop the Liberty League. Uh, how, how are things going there in Troy? Everyone's, I, I, know, I know you. I'm not going to ask silly questions. I know you're looking at this one week at a time. This week's Union Week. Last week doesn't matter. The week after Union doesn't matter. But so far, I've I got to believe you're feeling fairly good about the boys this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we're off to a good start. And, uh, you know, a lot of things have gone right for us. Uh, we, uh, you know, we've stayed away from the injuries for the most part, and that's always critical. And, uh, uh, you know, we're looking forward to this next game. I mean, this is going to be, uh, you know, it's an exciting week. It's the uh, biggest week of the year. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Hey, Coach Frank Rossi, thanks for joining us here on In the Huddle. And uh, i got a good question for you. I'm going to take you back four years, basically, to the days that you first heard about this uh, kid named Jimmy Robertson, uh, this quarterback guy uh, in high school probably at the time. 
What did you see in him back then that made you believe in his uh, capabilities as quarterback, and how do you think those uh, have panned out so far as if we didn't know? Well, Frank, we we, uh, we had recruited a player from Iona Prep the year before. Drew Utchick was a uh, wide receiver. So uh, we had seen Jimmy uh, as a junior, uh, and we just thought he was an outstanding high school quarterback and, uh, you know, that he had some 1AA uh, schools interested in him, and uh, Pat Delmonico recruited him and did a great job. And uh, you know, we thought he was going to be something special, and, and he certainly has been. Now, uh, we saw uh, yesterday, or actually, I think it happened last week, uh, going away from the passing game for a second to the running <laughs> game uh, of RPI. Uh, Nick Costa uh, apparently was injured last week, and Bob Munir was uh, taking a good number of carries uh, yesterday for your team. What's the status of Nick, and uh, how do you feel about your running game this season as compared to other seasons? Well, right, right now, I mean, uh, and this is an honest answer, I mean, uh, we're not sure about Nick. I mean, uh, you know, it's a day-to-day type thing. I think he's getting better. Obviously, if he can play, he's going to play this week. Um, you know, you need to be able to run the football. I mean, we, you know, we, we've got a pretty good passing attack with Robertson and some of the receivers, but, you know, you can't be one-dimensional. I mean, you've got to you got to be able to run the football to be uh, to be successful. Coach, hey, it's Eric. I, I look at this season <clears throat> as I follow the team versus last season. Obviously, last season you went in, you won the Liberty League, you went to the NCAA playoffs. Probably not the outcome you would have wanted, but all in all, still getting to the NCAA is an accomplishment that only 32 teams in the country are able to do, so congratulations on that. You look back at last season, lots of kind of cardiac moments, you know, tight tight games to the end versus this season where so far, you know, you've been obviously you had your moments, but clearly you've seen the outcomes be more games that haven't come to the wire, haven't been these, you know, last-second dramatic moments. What What is, I guess, if you had to sum up at this point in the season, week six in, last season versus this season, obviously you've got players that have a year under their belt, but anything different as coaches or, or, or um, mood in the locker room, anything different that's got you where you are this year, versus maybe how the season played out last year? Because I, I believe, like you always taught you know, us when we were there and your teams now, you, know, you learn a lot from adversity. It's, it's how you handle those situations. So I'm sure you learned a lot last year in those close games. What's, what's been different about this year? Well, this year, I, I mean, uh, coming into the season, I mean, we had a lot of kids back on defense. Uh, uh, and, you know, I think our defense has been pretty solid. And, uh you know, we we had two freshman kickers last year uh, that are a year older and, and, you know, a year better. And our, our special teams have been, you know, very good this year, I think better than in some cases. And, uh, you know, offensively, um, you know, we lost a great receiver in, in Brendan McGowan, and we lost, a, you know, four out of five offensive linemen. But the kids on the offensive line have done a good job. So, um, you know, we've played pretty solid in, in all three areas, which, you know, we're going to need to. Coach, you mentioned defense. Now, I know you. I've known you for a long time. I've known you as a coach when we practiced it, when I was at RPI. You've, you've spent your, from what I could tell, most of your career on the defensive side of the ball as a position coach. You've always built a philosophy around solid defense. You know, obviously, you know, RPI for the last decade, roughly, has been known as this offensive kind of juggernaut, big yardages, big points, lots of quarterbacks and receivers and running backs. But you're a defensive guy, I'd like to believe. You know, you, you, you've had that foundation. I, I remember as a player in the early 90s, 
the team being more of a, of a pro-style, half-run, half-throw, kind of power-eye, balance attack, you went to this different philosophy with a quarterback named Dan Cole who took you all the way to the national semifinals. Just take us through real, you know, real quick the change of philosophy as far as now you're a team that will go out there and have no problem throwing it 40, 50 times a game. I mean, coming from someone like yourself, a defensive-minded guy, how hard was that for you, you know, a balanced attack, defensive How hard was that for you to have that change in philosophy when you're seeing your quarterback go out there, throw the ball 50, 60 times in a game, and, and what made you go in that direction? Well, I, I think we did it out of necessity, really. Uh, we had a great run of tailbacks there uh, back in the 90s, as you remember. I mean, we had Kurt Stapleton and J.P. Peterson and uh, Danny McGovern and Krishan Gilmore. And, I mean, we were, you know, we were an I-formation uh uh, pretty traditional offense, and uh, you know we we would you know run the football with traditional plays and play action, and you know we had some success doing that. But then you know all those running backs graduated, and we didn't we really didn't have an I formation tailback. So you know we looked into what you know what we could do. In fact, I sent the offensive coaches out, and I said you know we've got to make some changes offensively here, and. Uh, they visited several schools, and in the, in the school where they uh, got the, you know, this no huddle offense and you know spread offense was University of New Hampshire, and uh, brought it back. And uh, of course, we thought we had a good young quarterback in Danny Cole, some good young receivers. So, you know, we put it in. It's worked out pretty well for us. Coach, how much of that? <clears throat> this is a two-part question. I'm going to turn it back over to Frank. Uh, how much of that offense, when you're out there running that spread? say when a Dan Cole comes in before Jimmy Robertson, how much of that is on the quarterback and his skills versus the rest of the, the, the talent line receivers? I mean, is, is more of that quarterback driven or is that more rest of your personnel? Well, I think it's both, but I, I don't think you can run effectively this offense if you have an average quarterback. I mean, I, uh, you know, he, he makes a lot of decisions and, uh, uh, you hope most of them are, are the right ones. And, uh, you know, I mean, you do need a talented kid there. Um, and then you just try to fill in around him. I mean, you know, we'll, we've at times played with two tight ends or two running backs or, you know, five wide receivers. So I think the key thing is to get the right quarterback and then just get five skilled kids around them and, and see, you know, see how many different ways you can get them the ball. And part two of my question, Coach, thanks for the answer. Like I, like I mentioned, offensive come, has come in big chunks, big bunches. You've had plenty of players recognize – in the conference and nationally because of these ex- exploits. You know, Jimmy Robertson, Aaron Savasi, uh, in the last couple of years, McGowan, uh, Bernardo. Guys' names keep popping up on the offensive side of the ball. Do you feel the defense, if you really have to look at it, it, it as a unit, is right up there with the offense? I mean, offense gets, seems to get all the accolades a lot of times nationally or, or regionally, but talk to us about how you feel about this defensive unit a, as a whole. Well, you know, I, I still think you—you you know, bottom line, you win on defense. I mean, they—you know—you you can't let people run the ball effectively, and, and uh, uh, it certainly helps if you can turn the ball over for the offense and give them some short fields. I mean, that's when they can really score a lot of points. You know, I think we've been—you know—solid on defense. I don't—I don't know if we, as you say, gotten—you know—as much recognition as the offense, but that's okay. Um, you know, I mean, it's a type of offense that, that scores in a hurry. I mean. Uh, you know, you, you, at times you would like to have them on the field a little bit longer, 
uh, you know, gain more time of possession because, you know, that's when you're playing your best defense is when you're on the sideline. But it's just, you know, it's the way it is. And, uh, you know, we, you know, we're just, you know, we're do the best we can on defense. Folks, you're listening to uh, Block Talk Radio's In the Huddle. Frank Rossi, Eric Wren. We're being joined by head coach Joe King of RPI. Uh, coming up, of course, uh, Tony Morello from Union, Coach John Odino from Union, and then uh, Nick Casal, uh, defensive player, uh, no less, from RPI at 9 o'clock. Uh, coach King, uh, you know, it, Eric did this uh, big intro about how you helped shape his life, and uh, it, ironically, Actually, it was your wife that helped shape my life uh, growing up in Balsam Spa, New York. She was my sixth grade homeroom teacher at St. Mary's School in Balsam Spa and my social studies teacher in fifth, sixth, and seventh grade. So it's kind of funny, uh, this all in the family uh, thing that kind of goes on around here. But uh, I'm hoping uh, the family's doing well back there. Yeah, it sure is, Frank. And I know uh, my wife, Gail, you know, gives you, uh, gives you her best. And, uh, you know, a lot of fond memories in St. Mary's and Spa Catholic and, uh, it's nice to see done so well for yourself. I appreciate that, and uh, I, I'm still trying to get cookies from her on uh, Dutchman Shoes Day. Because no, that's only for our if I got Frank. Sorry, we got to drop by somewhere, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, uh, let's focus a little bit on the, this weekend's game. I mean, the last four years, this game has not been decided by more than a uh, possession. I think seven points is the most in the last four years worth of uh, Dutchman Shoes games. Do you even have to remind your team anymore of the implications of the game and who's coming up and what it means? I mean, does does it hand itself down where to the point where you kind of just can step back every year uh, when it comes to this week and say, you know what time of year it is now, guys? Or, I mean, what do you do differently for this game that you might not for other games? I don't know if we'll do anything all that different. Um, we understand the importance of it. It's the biggest game of the season. Uh, it's, it's something that everybody looks forward to, regardless of you know when the game is played. I mean, we used to play in the middle of the season, and we play at the end of the season, but it's still the biggest game, and, and uh, you know there's a lot riding on it. And uh, you know, this, this this year is no different. Now, uh, there's a question I've been meaning to ask you. I, I never get an opportunity to really talk to you that much uh, directly, unfortunately, because I'm always doing the union beat uh, when I'm up in that direction. But uh, a lot of casual fans out there don't really understand what goes into scheduling your schedule uh, from year to year. And RPI sometimes is used, you know, or looked at as, you know, people don't understand what's behind uh, some of the out-of-conference games that get scheduled. Uh, you know, you've got seven league games, obviously, that you have no choice over. And then you have three other weeks you can schedule uh, either two or three games. And some teams will uh, gauge it towards recruiting. Some teams will gauge it towards playing the toughest team out there. St. John Fisher took on Mount Union, for instance, uh, this year, and they'll do so uh, again next year. Some people say that's good. Some don't. What is behind RPI's philosophy about how they schedule out-of-conference opponents, because I'm sure you have quite a bit of input as to who you play uh, when you get to that point and you need to schedule opponents. Well, uh, as you say, I mean, the league games are, you know, are set. I mean, they, you know, they changed up the schedule as they did this year. But, I mean, the non-league opponents, I mean, you know, we play a lot of different people. I mean, for years we our, our two non-league games were against Hartwick and St. John Fisher. And then when the, the uh, leagues realigned, I mean, we lost both those games. Uh, they're in the middle of the schedule where now the league games are. 
Um, so, I mean, it's it's not that, you know, I mean, you got to find out, you know, who's available at what time. And, uh, you know, I don't think you want to travel all that far. I mean, we play Utica, and that's a day trip. Uh, I don't necessarily want to travel, you know, four or five hours. We just got back from St. Lawrence, and that's, that's certainly far enough. Um, so, you know, we've played a lot of different people over the years, and, uh, you know, right now we're, we're playing Endicott and Utica our first two games, and uh, we'll probably continue to do that for the next couple of years. We have a well, uh, question also. The formula yeah. that works for you. See, I mean, it's, 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 you've had some NCAA bursts, so, you know, different pundits have different views, but I just wanted to add that, that, that this, I, you know, for your standpoint, it's a formula that works. Hey, uh, Coach, we have a question from our chat room, actually, from a fan. Uh, it looks like an RPI fan here asking, how many hours are uh, RPI coaches putting in uh, per week on average, especially around a game like this, uh, the uh, RPI union game? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we probably, I mean, I mean, today we probably, I just got home myself, and, and, and a couple of the assistant coaches were in there before I, I was. So, I mean, you're probably talking, you know, 10 hours, 11 hours today, and then, you know, we'll get in there early tomorrow. And we, you know, we don't we practice later, uh, you know, 4:30, 6:30. So then we, you know, we stay fairly late at night. So, I mean, you're talking, you know, 11, 12 hour days up through Wednesday. Um, okay, we appreciate it. We can appreciate that, no doubt. And uh, we hope our fan uh, appreciates your answer to that question. That's a lot of hours, no doubt about it. And the people I don't think realize sometimes just how many hours you guys really do put into uh, your work. It's not just a nine to five job by any means. Well, sometimes it, you know you watch us play, you wonder, you know, what all that all that time was you know spent on. You have to have <laughs> an understanding family, right, Coach? Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. So, Coach, as we wind down here to keep the show moving, um, <clears throat> two two real quick questions for you. <clears throat> and uh, I'll actually ask you this one first. Do you have any particular memory or memories, you know, kind of things that stand out in your mind about this rivalry, this Dutch Shoes? You, you've been at RPI, I believe, I believe you started in 1989, correct, uh, your yeah. first year? So this is your 19th season? Yeah. So, Coach, in those 19 years, what 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 is your best memory? Well, you were at RPI before '89 as head coach, right? You were as a you were an assistant. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in your time as an assistant and as a head coach, anything that stands out? Best memory of this game? We're going to ask uh, Coach Adino this as well. We like to just get your perspective if there's you know anything that stands out from this rivalry. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, some of the games that we won. Uh, probably the one that that I best remember was uh, trying to think back now, 1987. Uh, you know, we were off to a poor start. I think we were one and four, and uh, you know, it gotten handled uh, pretty well the week before by Iona. And uh, we played at home, and we were able to, uh, you know, pull off a win there. And, and it was, you know, it was a major upset, and then it kind of jump started the rest of the season for us. I think we went on and won four out of our last five or something. So that was certainly a uh, memorable game. But they, I mean, they all have been. But, 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 Coach, you really setting the stage there. Wasn't that a big play by a guy, Mr. Mark Clark? Was there some kind of long interception or something there? Yeah, I think uh, I think I remember him picking one off to kind of seal it, yep. <laughs> <laughs> big play I'm referring to, a, a former All-American from RPI, Mark Clark, I believe. Uh, I don't know the exact details. That was back when film was still black and white. I was still in, like, in eighth grade, I think. Uh, 
ball picked off, ran back something, I don't know what, Coach, 60 yards for a touchdown? Yeah, I'm sure he'd be able to tell you. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll ask him that in the pregame this coming Saturday. Um, the other question, Coach, and I think everyone wants to know this, whether you're an RPI fan, uh, a Union fan, a Liberty League fan, a college fan in general, you've had tremendous amount of impact not just on people's lives but on the legacy of RPI football, winning as coach by far, clearly by far in history. I know your stats, and you're not much of a guy for stats. You, you let those things take care of themselves, but just to give toot your horn, you know, you're one of the winningest coaches and in, in active coaches in Division Three history. I don't know the exact numbers now. I mean, you've won over 100 and something games and lost less than probably 30, whatever it is. Coach, you've been here 19 years. I know you had a good coaching career before that at the high school level. How much longer are you going to do this? I don't mean to put you on the spot, but how much you got left in? You feel like you're still energized and the new stadium's coming or, you know? Do you, well, I, you know, I always take it, you know, year to year. I think you know that. I mean, you just, you know, you don't want to look too far ahead because if you do, you're, I think you're shortchanging your seniors. So, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's one year at a time and you try to give it, your, you know, your very best. And then, you know, the following year, if the energy's still there and you're still healthy, then, you know, you try to do the same thing over again. Well, I gotta believe winning keeps the energy level up, right? Well, it it, it, it definitely helps. <laughs> Does the new stadium give you any kind of boost, Coach? Oh, that, sure. that big new complex coming up? Yeah, I think that's going to be a great facility. I mean, uh, it's something they, you know, have been talking about for years, and and you know, you start to wonder if it was ever going to happen. But you know, Dr. Jackson, um, you know, she she's she's made it happen. I mean, she. Uh, she is a football fan, and she comes to a lot of our games, and, and she enjoys them. And I mean, we should have a you know a real first-class facility there next year. Dr. Jackson, being president of RPI uh, Rensselaer, Dr. Shirley Jackson, in the stadium we're talking about is the East Campus Village, the state-of-the-art new sports facility that RPI football is going to call home next year. Check it out at RPI.edu and work your way through the athletics home page and check out the East Campus Village. It's going to be a premier facility. Coach, I'm going to let Frank take us out, but I personally want to thank you for joining us. I know this is a big week. I know it's a busy time of year. You've got a lot on your plate, especially this week and, and, and beyond. So thank you for not only joining us, thank you for uh, everything you do for, for football, for the team, and for the league, and, and for everyone as, as a fan and as a player. So okay, thank, uh, thank you, time. and uh, thank you, Frank. We'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Absolutely. That's Coach Joe King, head coach of RPI, taking on uh, his arch nemesis, as we like to say, uh, the Union College uh, Dutchman this Saturday at 86 Field, 1 p.m. start time kickoff there. And uh, if Coach King can still hear us, uh, he's got his fans. Uh, we see in the chat room, go get them, Kinger, and beat Union, uh, being written in our chat room as we speak. So go to blogtalkradio.com slash llrecap and get into the chat room leave your own messages. Folks, we're going to bring up Tony Morello up next on this special In the Huddle kickoff to Dutchman Shoes Week. BlackTalkRadio.com The Internet puts the world at our fingertips, but it can be a very dangerous place, especially for children. I'm Dean Sparks, Director of Children's Services. The Internet is just another door into your home. You wouldn't let a stranger walk through your front door, but ask yourself, who might my child be letting into the house through the computer? Here's what you can do. Teach your kids not to share personal information online. Educate yourself about internet parental controls and have your kids show you their favorite websites. 
Be aware that they could also be surfing the web at the library or a friend's house. Put your computer in a place where you can monitor your children while they use it. Ask yourself, does your child spend a lot of time online late at night or change the screen quickly when you walk into the room? Are there calls from people you don't know, suspicious telephone charges, or unexplained gifts? Remember, if your child is online, you should be on guard. I'm Dean Sparks. For more on what parents should know, visit us on the web at lucaskids.net. You are listening to In the Huddle on blogtalkradio.com, the only source for weekly Liberty League action in NCAA Division III football's Liberty League Conference. So once again, back to Studio One in Saratoga Springs, New York, your hosts, Eric Wren and Frank Rossi. Eric Wren, what are you going to do next week when Frank Rossi is actually in Studio One with you? That's going to be the scary thing, I think, uh, more than anything else. When I uh, get done doing the Dutchman Shoes game with, on WABY next weekend, I'm going to be uh, still in the area for my mother's birthday the next day. And after dinner, I'm coming over to do a show with you. So I hope you got enough room for me. Well, actually, I'm going to let you work the damn switchboard because I'm getting tired <laughs> of us all the time. Did I tell you I caught a 35-pound muskie this weekend? No, you told me that uh, the results of uh, everything else. Well, we're, we're not going to go there, but I <laughs> want our fans to know that I'm, I'm not just a football, radio, media icon. I'm a true outdoorsman. Muskie. Go look it up online, baby. Nasty predator yeah. fish. I caught one this weekend. You know what? Maybe, maybe this outdoorsman thing is an offensive lineman thing. So why don't we get a guest who is an offensive lineman to compare notes and see uh, how that goes. And, in fact, uh, we've got uh, one, Tony Morello, that's going to be joining us right now. He uh, was uh, the second team Liberty League All-Star selection in 2006, uh, starter right tackle for the Dutchman in 2006. He's captain of uh, the team this year. Uh, he helped names like Tom Arcidiacano and now Chris Coney to get through that offensive line of Union College. He's seen his share of Dutchman Shoes games, folks. So let's bring on Tony Morello. Are you with us? Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Absolutely. Thanks for joining us in the huddle, Tony. Oh, it's great to be here. It's been a great show so far. Well, thanks. We appreciate that. And uh, we've got Eric Run with me right now. I'm looking forward to coming back 1,300 miles north uh, this weekend to call this game, and I know you're looking forward to playing uh, in it. You know, what's the team's mood right now in terms of, you know, how excited are you guys about this game coming up? We'll talk about the highs and lows of the season in a minute, but what, let's focus initially on RPI and what's in front of you guys. Oh, I mean, it's, it's really just excitement. I mean, uh, for me at least as a freshman, when you come into the school, you know, you – you, you you see everyone, you see the seniors and, and the emotion that goes into this game. And I remember when I was a freshman how important it was to the seniors to, to get that win, to, to keep the shoes at that time. And, you know, the last two years I've got a chance to be on that field. And, you know, I've, I've lost the last two games. I've lost the only two shoes games that I've played in. And, you know, there's a lot of emotion behind that. But we're all just so excited for the game on Saturday. We've had uh, an extra bye week to prepare for it. And, you know, we worked real hard last week, and we, uh, we got a workout in today, uh, and we're, we're really excited to play uh, RPI this week. That's an unusual situation for Union to have the bye week going into uh, the Dutchman Shoes game. I can't remember the last time that actually happened. It must have been way back when the game was in the middle of the season, to be honest with you. 
So, I mean, what was the bye week like? Was it really a week off, or were you guys still kind of sort of practicing at full strength? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we were full full pads all last week. We treated it just like a game week. You know, uh, like you said, we haven't had an opportunity to have an extra week uh, for RPI in the past because, you know, they're always that last game, usually the game uh, uh, right after Hobart. So uh, those are usually the two big games right at the end there. And, you know, we, we, we wanted to uh, do the best we could with the advantage with, uh, with the extra week off to, you know, work out, you know, get as much reps as we can get in, you know, watch a lot of film. And, uh, you know, we, we used it to our advantage, you know, to the best that we could. Tony, this is Eric Red. How you doing, man? Hi, how's it going, Eric? Good. Hey, listen, I'm a former offensive lineman at RPI. You're an offensive lineman. You know what? Schools aside, I, I can relate to the position. I, I want to ask you this and, and help paint this picture for our fans because, you know, the average fan turns on TV. You watch the quarterback. You watch the receivers. You watch the running back. You watch the D-backs, the linebackers. Hell, you even watch the kicker. You know, you're not watching offensive linemen. You played in this game a few years. You've had a chance to play for, for some great ones on your side of the ball. You know, you're, you're blocking for Chris Coney now, a young guy. But you had a chance to block for, for Marathi and our city of Cano. You know, I had a chance to, back in my day to block for similar players at RPI. Talk about, as a lineman, in a big game, in an offense with big-name players, you know, what's the motivation you take when you know – Hey, I'm not the guy whose stats are in the, in the newspaper on TV. I'm not the one everyone's looking at, but I help make this this engine run. I mean, talk talk about the camaraderie. What an offensive lineman, you know, does motivates himself. You know, just give us that perspective from the trenches. Well, you know, I mean, uh, it's that's a great question, and you know, it it is said that a lot of the you know linemen don't get a lot of credit. They're not really too noticed, but. I mean, on offense, every position is so crucial to the success of a play. You need 11 guys to do the right thing in order to get a, a, a positive play on offense. And uh, just, the, I mean, when you think about it, there are five guys on that offense that are the offensive linemen, and each one of them has to do their job on every play. And, you know, it, it may go unnoticed, but as far as uh, the, the running backs and receivers and quarterbacks are concerned, like they uh, on on our team, they're they're so appreciative of what the offensive line does, and they're always they're always talking to us and congratulating us. We love it as an offensive line. You know, we're we're not worried about the touchdowns and the big points. All we can do is focus on the D line in front of us and the linebackers and then the safeties and corners. And we just got to be able to uh, you know do our game and uh, do a hundred percent. And you know, uh, we take an, we we take a lot of the leadership on as the offensive line. I mean, uh, I, I consider the offensive line probably the strength on our team just by leadership. You know, we, we lead by example. We don't, we don't need the, uh, to get the credit. We don't need any of that. We, we're going to show up every day of practice, and we're going to be smashing into the people across from us. And, you know, we're going to do that every day of every week, uh, every year. And, I mean, it's just a simple lead by example. Well, that's, a, that's a great answer. This is Eric Renner, Frank Rossi in the huddle on Block Talk Radio. Joining us now is offensive lineman Tony Morello from the Union Fighting Dutchman here for Dutch Shoes Week. Tony has a great answer. I've I got to ask you this. Let's talk about the rivalry for a second. You know, th- this is a game that's been played for over 100 years. You've been playing for a trophy for a little over 50. 
Um, there was a lot of years where there were lean years in Troy where this, lo- this, this, this um, rivalry was very lopsided. You know, it was really dominated by Union. Union was more of a, a national player for football, was, you know, way before yours in my time, right? And in the last, you know, five, six years, this has been really a rivalry that's, that's been very close in, in scores and record. Actually, you know, our, our, our PI since 1950 had only won three in a row. Back in the early 90s, in my time, we won. I only won there once. It was at Union. We returned an opening kickoff for a touchdown, and it was just you know you're biting your nails. You're thinking, man, this is Union. The whole game, every play matters. Every game counts. It's the biggest game of the season. There's no automatic qualifier. You know you got to win them all. So so a different different mentality. But I had a chance to, to play in that game and beat Union. Now you here you are. You're, you're playing for the Liberty League title, automatic qualifier. Teams are a little bit more evenly matched in the last 10, 15 years. How do you feel as far as going in that locker room, going out in the field, looking at that RPI team, saying, "Man, this you know, this is a team you know we don't know if we can hang with, or well, we know we can hang with, but it's a tough, tough game." And give us a little perspective in the current rivalry now versus ten years ago and fifty years ago. Yeah, yeah, I mean you're absolutely right, and I think that was uh, one of our flaws in uh, certainly the loss two years ago, and you know even the loss last year. I mean. Uh, I think we started uh, worrying and thinking a little about a little bit more about the record and the record that we had rather than the team we were actually playing. RPI, since I've been here, has been a really good team. We, we won a shootout my freshman year, and then, of course, we lost the last two seasons. And every year they've come to play, and they've come to play hard, and, you know, they've gotten the better of us. Um, but, like, for me and for uh, – Union right now. We we want to, we want this one real bad. We're hungry as ever. We're coming off two big wins. We were really, you know, we really had our backs against the wall a few weeks ago, and uh, we were at a real low point. We could have gone in two ways, and you know, so far has been so good. And you know, we we're looking at this game just as we would any other game, and you know, we're fully dedicated. We want the win. We need the win to uh, continue the success of our season. Tony, you're breeding uh, more chat room questions than uh, I've ever seen. Some of them somewhat humorous, some of them uh, not so much. But uh, let, I'm going to start with a humorous one, I think, uh, as my RPI pen. So feel free to lie. They're funny. Yeah. So the first question is, what's Tony's bench? How many times can he do two plates, uh, basically, uh, on the bench? The 225? Two, the two uh, yeah. Uh, um, let's see. We uh, we usually just do uh, we we did a one rep max, but I see a couple of years ago I probably did two twenty five about uh, yeah, uh, twenty times or so, fifteen twenty times. That's not bad. About fifteen times yeah. more than I can do. So there you go. Uh, now uh, the same person is asking a more serious question, which is, what are your plans after college, personally? Well, I mean, uh, you know, I love the sport of football. I've been playing it for I think thirteen or fourteen years now, straight. Uh, and I'd, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'd always thought about trying to continue on somewhere, some way, just until my body physically couldn't do it anymore. And I think that that time is uh, rapidly approaching. Um, I just, uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, three, four, five, however many games it is left. I'm just going to play them to the best of my ability, and then probably call it a career football-wise, and then, you know, look to, to things maybe, uh, maybe teaching and. You know, I actually uh, do uh, dabble a little bit with the uh, theatrics. I've done a lot of shows in my day, so uh, a you're possibility a in a, a possibility in theater lies you're, ahead of me. You're, you're a thespian. Oh my! Yeah, yeah, I am a thespian. Troop two forty three. 
<laughs> okay, we got another question. What brought you to Union in the first place? Uh, being asked by uh, 28 Colvin in our uh, chat room. Well, I um, I was approached by one of the coaches uh, in high school, uh, Greenwich High School, my senior year, uh, about midway through my season, and you know they uh, they wanted to talk to me. They were uh, impressed with what I had done in high school, and you know they got me up uh, for a recruiting visit, and I saw the campus. And I really just fell in love with it. Um, I saw the kind of uh, pride and excellence that came with my high school, which was a very successful football school. And Union, you know, carried that same persona. Uh, and I was really impressed by that. And, you know, that was that's really what uh, drew me in. Two more questions for you in this chat room. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah, I don't know what you're doing, but you're getting all the questions, buddy. <laughs> okay, this one is uh, from our good friend James. Uh, what can Union take out of their game versus Hobart going into this game versus Liberty League champs and Pool A favorites RPI? Oh, that yeah, I mean, uh, well, we proved against Hobart, number one, I mean, we proved that we could win a close game, which unfortunately didn't work out the, the two weeks before that. I think being able to prove that, you know, we can we can match up with any team in the league, such as one that was – as good as Hobart. I mean, we matched up with them, and I know offensively we just refused to lose, and we marched down the field every time we needed to to get the win. And then against St. Lawrence, we proved that, you know, we can score on big plays. I mean, we scored in the the third quarter, I think we scored three touchdowns on like a series of 10 to 12 plays. So we proved that we can score not only on the long drives, but we can also, you know, have some big plays in our offense as well. And uh, I mean, with our young, with our young quarterback and uh, a couple young receivers, and even Chris Coney, who's young, uh, I mean, everyone's really clicking right now. And you know, there's a lot of depth on this team. And even when a couple of the seniors that are playing, even when we're gone, this team I think is going to be good for a long time. So we really just want to, you know, keep the win streak going, you know, all the way well, through this season into the next. You're actually moving into the next and uh, final question I'll ask you from the chat room, which is, how's your young offense growing? And how's the future look after 2008 uh, in the same light? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to talk about 2009 because I won't be a part of it. But, uh, but you're always uh, they're, a part of it now. Cool. Come on. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah you it's, true. it's true. You never leave it's the football true. community, Tony. It's true. No, and, uh, and uh, you know, I'll be a, an alumni that visits as often as I can. But um, no, they're really they're really looking great. I mean, uh, Connolly is he's so composed out there. I mean. He's he's real composed. He talks he talks to everyone on the field real well. He's uh he has great control of the offense. I mean, Coney is just, you know I mean his numbers this year speak for himself. Uh and we have a lot of depth. Like I said, the offensive line there's a ton of guys that are gonna be there. And at running back we still we have a lot of talent and then the receivers, everyone's just sort of clicking now. I think, you know, after the Muhlenberg game there a little, it was a little bit of doubt that crept in, a little bit of doubt in who we were and, you know, what we were. And, you know, it, it, I think it led to a couple of losses there. But, you know, since that point we realized enough is enough. Enough is enough. And we, we, that was when we had to dedicate ourselves more than ever to, to crawl out of the hole we were in. And, you know, we evened ourselves up, and now we just got to move forward, move forward and get on the, uh, you know, get a couple wins. Man, I like there. talking to offensive linemen, Frank. Maybe it's because I was one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, hey uh, Tony, I got one more question for you. And, and I'm going to ask this <clears throat> because I'm trying to, to keep broadening our content to the, to the fans out there 
we've got a long, wide variety of fans. You know, there's former players, there's parents, there's just, you know, people that never played or don't have any affiliation. So I want to ask you this, and you can answer it in terms of a game situation, classroom, practice, whatever. Football is about, and I think you'll agree with this, adversity, whether it's, you know, a tough game, an injury, whatever. Life is about adversity. We learn these lessons, whether it's at Union or RPI or any team we play for. Talk to us about something. I mean, I know in your time at RPI, you have must have faced some kind of, I mean, your time at a Union, I take that back. You've probably <laughs> faced some, some kind of adversity, whether it's a tough game, maybe getting hurt, maybe not cracking a starting lineup as soon as you would have liked and you're an offensive lineman, you're a guy that doesn't run with the ball, doesn't throw it, doesn't catch it, you know, so it's a little bit harder to have an immediate impact, right? So talk to the fans here. Just tell us one of your toughest situations where you really overcame some adversity at the U and, and turned things around and got, got your personal career as a student athlete on track the way you wanted it. Oh, uh, well, I mean, uh, there's the, I mean, the one thing that sticks out right in my head was the end of the season, my freshman year, uh, you know, uh, combined with just being a, a tough term my freshman year academically, and you know, uh, I guess uh, I didn't. I, I was starting to lose it as far as practice was concerned, and I was really starting to doubt myself, my ability, and like whether or not I really wanted to play football for Union. And you know, the coaches and the players all came to my side tried to get me through it didn't didn't force any judgment on me but only took what i was giving them and and you know tried to help me through a tough time and i came back in the winter term of my sophomore year uh of my freshman year everyone accepted me back and you know they accepted me and they they let me come around you know come out of my shell and it would lead to eventually getting a starting spot my sophomore year and realizing you know, what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be and how much I wanted to be a part of the program. And, you know, uh, you know I haven't looked back since. And it was, the, you know, it was a really tough decision. I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And the coaches and the players just showed me how much of a family it was here. And, you know, it was a great decision that I ended up making. Hey, Tony Morello, uh, we really have appreciated your time. Uh, I think your uh, coach is uh, waiting to join us any uh, moment now, so uh, we, we're <laughs> going to, uh, you know, not get you in trouble uh, right now and to kind of oh, guide no. you off. But oh, let me no, uh, ask fine. you one thing. But let me ask you shout-outs. Uh, I, I have this funny, funny feeling. You have plenty of people you're going to have shout-outs for right now. So go ahead, list them all off because you've been a great interview, so you deserve all the time you need for them. Oh well, th well, thank you. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, our starting left tackle Tim Frasillo, our starting left guard Mark Harrington, our center Ted Weller, our right guard Colin Barry, and and the rest of the offensive line who doesn't get the recognition that they deserve. I I love them to death. I love the entire Union offense and defense to death. And it's been uh, it's been real great talking with you guys. Have a great rest of the uh, have a great rest of the night and enjoy the game on Saturday. We will try to do our best with that. Of course, that will all depend on how that game goes. But yeah, you know, yeah. Well, it, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a great game, and there's going to be a ton of energy. And Union College will be ready to play. Frank, are you going to ask last guest question? I, yes or no? Because it's making me laugh. <laughs> go for it. I, I, you be, make it quick. Go for it. Tony, we're on internet radio. This is fun. 
One of our guests just asked us how much Jello you eat in a standard week. <laughs> well, hey man, well, we're, we're mean, radio show. Tony, we're a radio show of the people. We believe in passing along everything everyone asks. Hey, hey, I appreciate it. I'd say, um, I'd say, uh, if you include Jello pudding, vanilla, and chocolate, probably yes, about ten to fifteen pounds. Pudding does count. We will make that ruling right now. Then I'd say about five to ten pounds of Jello a week. You had it here, folks. Tony Morello, offensive lineman, Union College Fighting Dutchman, five to ten pounds Jello pudding. How can you take that stat and not feel confident about the Dutchman's chances going into the Dutch Shoes Week in 2008, folks? I'm Eric Rent, joined here live in the huddle by Frank Rossi, Tony Morello, senior yeah. lineman. We're a little bit behind schedule. We got to get to a man that you probably don't want to trump here, Tony. It's your coach, John Adino. So we're oh, yeah, I'm terrified. We want to thank you very much. We're going to take a quick 30-second break and bring us back into Coach John Dino, head coach of football at Union College. <laughs> Thanks for the questions, whether they're serious or not. We have a lot of interest in this game. I'm Eric Wren, Frank Rossi. Frank, where are they? They're in the hole. I'm a good driver. I look for cars. I pay attention. I, I should have seen the little girl in the crosswalk. Please, look for pedestrians. Stop for them. Think of the impact you could make. A message from the Federal Highway Administration. And we're back here in the huddle. Frank Rossi, Eric Wren. Questions that I just I don't think I ever really thought that I'd hear the mass on this show. I've just been asked on uh, in the huddle. But uh, we're going to take a little bit more tone of seriousness now because we have uh, a, a very special guest with us. We heard uh, Coach Joe King earlier from RPI at 8 o'clock give us uh, some real uh, discussion about the Dutchman Shoes game. And we have coming up Coach John Audino from Union College uh, joining us. Uh, we may have some technical difficulties here being told, but uh, let's see uh, what, what's going on. Eric, uh, what are you doing over there? Coach, I'm, I'm trying to get Coach on, Frank, and it's, my switchboard here is, is not cooperating, so give me a moment here. Okay, and, well, uh, you know what? In moments like these, this is when I remind the people that we are going to have a special pregame show Saturday morning starting at 11.15 a.m., uh, from the, the, the north parking lot, is that officially uh, at 86 Field at RPI. Eric Ren and myself will be doing the In the Huddle special third annual pregame show for the Dutchman Shoes game, and it will be on 1160 AM WABY Mechanicsville or saratogamoon.com uh, on your Internet uh, browsers, and uh, we'll post the archive of it of course, on Blog Talk Radio once it's uh, completed, uh, probably early next week. We'll get to do that. But we want you to listen live or join in if you're at the game. If you see us, come on over. We're going to uh, try to uh, have a game day type scenario uh, set up over there. So come join us for the Dutchman Shoes game. Eric, Ren, what are you doing to me here? Frank, we're having a couple technical difficulties. Do me a favor and please see if we can patch Coach Audino in through my phone because my switchboard, you know, Internet, computers, Modern technology, we seem to be a little bit locked up, so I'm having a hard time turning Coach Audino on so we can talk to him. So uh, he is right now sitting there in the Union Football offices, and I want to get him on the line here. But, Frank, 
you know, things aren't cooperating. Okay, well, uh, actually, why don't, why don't I uh, talk uh, people through some stuff here uh, also about next week's schedule uh, in general and delivery week. Why don't you, why don't you uh, keep our listeners entertained? Yeah, I, that's a great idea. Uh, entertainment is my forte, not really. Um, my jokes are about as bad as they get, folks. So nonetheless here, you're listening to In the Huddle on BlockTalkRadio.com. Frank Rossi, Eric Wren. Uh, oh, and uh, yeah, I thought we somebody there. We're Hello. working on you, buddy. Hey, Frank. Coach? Yes. Oh, hey. hey. Coach, Dino, hey. how are you? Coach, shout out Dino joining us. Coach, how are you guys you doing? Again, we're doing our best, Coach. That's, that's fine. Hey, I'm just sitting here at the desk. You know, hey, technology is a wonderful thing, Coach, but the older we get, uh, the less we know about it. In fact, Aaron Slavosky from RPI called us old last week, and uh, I'm 32. Eric's a little bit older than that, and we're officially old now. So No, it, you it guys follows, are not. We can't do it. No way. No way. <laughs> you know the biggest you know, thing I'm mad about, about these technical difficulties? I had this what? all set up for Coach Dino. Coach, my brother went to Notre Dame, so I'm a huge Irish fan. Nice. So I, had, I had the cue in, the lead-in some Rudy music taking us into you, and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> when did your brother graduate? What year? Uh, 82, so he's a little bit older than you. Yes, yeah. Or, I, mean, I mean younger than you, sorry. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. Perspective here. <laughs> what dorm do you live in? Morrissey Manor. Morrissey, nice. So nice. I, I go to games every year, Coach. I make my way out there. In fact, a lot of folks in the RPI family are uh, ND uh, fans at the Division One level, so there's, you know, Got to give props to your team there. They, they they took care of business yesterday. Yes, they did. I hate to interrupt you guys on uh, the Notre no, Dame. No, I'm sorry we digress. <laughs> <laughs> However, we came here tonight to speak about a very important matter that's uh, going to be approaching us in six days, and that is the uh, Dutchman Shoes game. And, Coach, uh, not to bring up the bad news, but it's only happened once since 1950 that unions lost three in a row to RPI, and I'm having a funny feeling if it's uh, up to you, it's only going to be once and not twice that that uh, type of thing is going to happen. What are you doing to get your team ready in the face of kind of that pressure that's coming over uh, the Dutchman Shoes game this year for you guys? Well, I didn't, even, I didn't even know that statistic, and, you know, we're not thinking along those lines at this particular point. You know, we're just trying to focus in, uh, Frank, uh, the best way that we possibly can. We've had an off week, and uh, I think we've uh, done a really, really good job, both coaching-wise and, and player-wise, of really focusing in on RPI. We've got, you know, a good look, a couple of extra days, a couple of extra practices. We've got ourselves a little bit healthier than uh, what we've been because we've been pretty banged up as of late. So, you know, we're looking forward to the opportunity. And, uh, you know, we're well aware that we've lost two in a row, and, uh, you know, obviously we don't want to get ourselves to uh, – uh, a three-in-a-row type of a deal, but RPI is a good football team, and uh, they do a great job, so we're going to have our work cut out for us. Tony Morello, who just joined us, uh, your uh, senior offensive lineman and captain, uh, one of the captains of the team, uh, told us uh, when I asked him about the fact that you guys haven't really had a situation, in recent memory at least, where you guys had the off week coming into this game. Uh, and I asked him what practice has been like during the bye week. Was it kind of like a regular week of practice actually or not and he said yeah basically it's full pads and uh, you know away we go like it's a, a normal week uh the bye week when did you make the decision to go about it in that way and do you think it's going to really be the right decision at the end of the day for you guys 
Well, I do, and and again, there's a couple of different ways to approach a bye week. You know, obviously, you can work on the fundamentals and the basics and keep things simple, and uh, you know, not necessarily interject game plan uh, information meetings and uh, and and practices. But uh, you know, we took the other road, and you know, we took a look at what we uh, you know what we uh, saw and what we knew about RPI, and uh, you know, we got an opportunity to get out on the field and get a couple of extra practices in and. You know, I think the last time we had an open week, I could be wrong on this, but uh, when Ben Gilbert was a freshman, you know, we had an open week, and I thought we put together a pretty good plan, and we're looking forward to seeing how good our plan is uh, this coming Saturday. And, you know, we feel fairly confident that we've got uh, a good plan. And, uh, you know, like Tony said, we did have a very, very good week so far, and, you know, we didn't let up on the kids, and I thought we kept our focus, and I think we're ready to go in terms of uh, both the mental and the physical part of the game. When you approach Dutchman's Shoes week, Take uh, the listeners uh, who are a little more casual fans. Uh, you know, they're not as many players uh, listening probably uh, as they are just playing fans. When you approach this week, is there kind of like a chess match going on more so than ever about outsmarting, in this case, RPI, obviously, or vice versa, RPI outsmarting you guys in terms of, you know, different types of trick plays, different types of offenses and defenses and, all that. I mean, is this when you throw the kitchen sink, uh, this type of game, or is it? does that just develop as the game goes along? I mean, how do you plan for a game like RPI in the more technical aspects of the game? Well, we've pretty much done, you know, business as usual. I mean, we uh, break the film down, get the statistics, take a peek at what we do best, take a peek at what other teams have, have done that may have been successful, and kind of get ourselves and get our systems together. And, uh, you know, put everything up on the board. And then, obviously, we usually have too much in. So as the week goes on, we kind of narrow things down and focus in on what we really feel we're going to do. I mean, uh, you know, we're a young offensive football team. I, I, I was on the on the uh, phone when Tony was speaking and, and, you know, couldn't agree with him more. I mean, we have a bunch of young guys. So, uh, you know, we are into the season pretty much two-thirds of the way. But, you know, they're still kind of learning and still kind of improving. So, you know, our deal is that we've got to be, uh, you know, mentally ready, we've got to be emotionally ready, and we've got to be technically ready. So, uh, you know, we have a fairly sophisticated offense, although it's not, you know, a spread type of offense. And defensively, I think we've made some really, really good adjustments the last couple of weeks. And, you know, between that and, and, and the special teams, I think we're playing a little bit better uh, the last couple of weeks. So, you know, we're not going to change a whole lot. And, uh, you know, we're going to do what we do. And, you know, we're going to open it up like we usually do. We've been somewhat, uh, you know, pleased with, uh, you know, our progress on offense. And I thought last week, the last three quarters against St. Lawrence, we played pretty well. So, you know, we're approaching it just like any other game. And, uh, you know, we know that there's a little added incentive emotionally with, you know, the shoes. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's our uh, seventh game of the season, and hopefully we get ourselves to be 4-3. and three. You know, uh, looking back, uh, maybe about three weeks ago, uh, there was a lot of dejection on the sidelines, uh, and you know, at the tailgate party afterwards, it didn't look so much like a party uh, after the uh, WPI game. And then uh, you go ahead and go out and beat Hobart, and what probably wasn't a shocking game for you, but for a lot of other people all around the league, to see that score go up there as 38-35 final. Uh, knowing all the troubles that you guys have uh, had run into the prior weeks, and then to go out and have to come from behind, but to uh, squarely beat St. Lawrence at least after the third quarter. I mean, 
what, how much doubt were you having yourself three weeks ago about the way this season was going to pan out? I talked to you before the season begins all the time uh, doing the union broadcast, and you always, you're upbeat and everything, but you know, so are 200 other coaches in Division Three. When you're staring at one and three, I mean, what's going through your own mind at that point in time? Did you think you could get it back to three and three just that quickly? Well, I did, and uh, you know, as I told the kids today in in, in our in our meeting uh, after our lift, I mean, I, I I think we're a couple of plays away from being a five and one team, and uh, you know, unfortunately, if you stay in the business long enough, we you know usually pulled out games that uh, we lost this year against Rochester and uh, and WPI, and the cards just didn't you know turn for us. Uh, you know, a couple of kicks, a couple of missed extra field goals, and a play call here or there and you know we certainly could be looking at five and one and even the Muhlenberg game I mean we lost the game 31-14 but you know we had three turnovers that uh, let Muhlenberg start their drives on the on the on, on our 30 yard line and that should have been a dog fight down to the wire 17-10 14-7 we may not have had enough firepower to win the game but you know we uh, you know we we had confidence in ourselves I have confidence in the kids and in the coaches we've been in this position before you know, at various times over the course of my 17 years. And if you're in the game long enough and you're at one place long enough like, like I've been for 17 years as a head coach here, I think, you know, you you win games in a lot of different ways. And, you know, as, as time goes on, you have a tendency to lose games in a bunch of different ways. And this was just a little bit different. I think the kids learned a lot of lessons. I know the coaches did also. And I'm really, really proud of the team and proud of the group and proud of the coaches that we've got ourselves back to three and three, and I think that uh, we have every bit as good a chance as, you know, anybody else in the league to win, you know, uh, you know, against anybody we play. We also tell our guys that we have as good a chance as anybody to lose against everybody we play because the league is so well balanced. And, you know, with the league now, it's like the Ivy League. I mean, every week is a dog fight, no matter what the records of the team are. So, you know, you've got to be on your toes. But We've come back, and uh, offensively it took us a couple of weeks to really put the hammer down to turn the, turn the tide, and, uh, you know, we've done that. And, uh, you know, even against St. Lawrence, we were down 14-zip, and nobody panicked. And, you know, I, I felt very, very confident in the game plans and very, very confident in the play calls and, you know, very, very confident in the kids all year long. I mean, there really hasn't been any doubt. I mean, there's been disappointment because we expected to win every game that we played, but we play a very challenging schedule very challenging schedule we've played some really really good teams both out of league and in league and uh you know i think it's starting to kick in the gear a little bit so you know we're we're positive we're upbeat and you know we're we're disappointed that we're three and three because that's not what union football is all about but uh you know we're we're happy that uh, we got our heads above water a little bit right now well, you're listening to Blog Talk Radio's In the Huddle, Frank Rossi, Eric Wren. Now, Coach, I'm going to allow Eric Wren from RBI, as you know. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. But, 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 but let me say one thing. Coach, I don't know if you watched the vice presidential debate at all, but Sarah Palin did the right thing in terms of if you don't like the question he asks, just go ahead and turn it to some other question that you think you should be answering. Go ahead. Eric, go. It's your turn. Hey, you know, like Look, this is a little out of my comfort zone. You know, I, I was a part of the rivalry as a player. And I had the fortune of actually winning one against the Union. Nine, 93 coach, remember yep. that game? At, at yep. Union, big kickoff return, and we kind of rolled from there. So that was, that was yep. a big part of my life. I remember that. Um, coach, so I got two questions for you. I'm actually going to ask one 
as we keep doing tonight. We, we've got a very active chat room, Coach. I don't know if it's the rivalry or what, but <laughs> people are coming in here <laughs> asking us stuff to ask you guys, and this is the chance for them to reach out to the, the important people, you know, and, and players, coaches. So I'll, I'll paraphrase this question. We've got some great coaches in the Liberty League, as you know. Yourself, right. Coach King, everyone does a great job. Coach Zaloom, Coach Toop, Coach Green. Let's, let's, let's focus strictly on a couple coaches someone just asked me. You've played against them, or you've coached against them all. The best way to put this question is, who is more spirited in a tougher gamer on the sidelines? Coach Craig. That's also known as crazier. Who's crazier? Yeah, you can say it. Why not? <laughs> Coach Craig or Coach King, as far as, you know, energy, passion, work on the sidelines? Well, I, you know, I, I think both guys do a great job, and both guys are great coaches. And, you know, the re- their records speak for themselves. I mean, they've done a great job throughout the course of the years. And, you know, when guys stay at a place for a long period of time, you know they're successful. I, I really don't, you know, really look over at the other sidelines. I'm pretty busy in terms of figuring out what I'm going to do in terms of the game plan and trying to talk with the players and the coaches. You know, I call all of the offense, and half the time my back is, is uh, you know, to the to, to the game in terms of when, when we're on the field on defense. But, you know, both of the guys bring a lot of intensity. I mean, I know Joe uh, does a wonderful job and uh, does a, a great job of recruiting, a great job of coaching, and, and uh, Coach Craig does a great job too. So, I don't know. We'll have to leave that one up to the fans, but both of those guys do a great job. All right, so my second question, Coach, this is more <laughs> around the lines of perspective and kind of history here. Um, you've been at Union, you said, 17 years. Yes. You actually, you know, so I had a chance to play for RPI against Union when you coached. Great memories. I know that coaching staff, I know Coach Rounds, I know Coach Brown, I know yourself. Right. Coach right. King, RPI, 19 years then his assistant. So from my perspective, historically, there's been a lot of kind of common thread between the programs, a lot of coaches. You know, there's, there's a lot of ties. I, I don't know if you personally were part of that whole what they call the Bob Ford Coaching Factory from Albany, but it seems to be a pretty wide-reaching, you know, set of roots off a tree. Um, you, you, both programs know each other very well, ran the same kind of offensive philosophy for a lot of years. RPI went to the spread in the last few years. You know, I, I played for coaches that coached at both Union and RPI. Coach Don Falstick, who's at Amherst now. Pete Brown, he's back with you guys. Um, there's a healthy rivalry, obviously. We're not going to lie. The Union guys want to, you know, kick kick the RPI guys' butts and vice versa. And that, that's what goes on. That's football. It's the rivalry. But talk Damn about, right. But, but talk about, yeah, Frank, go away for a second. Talk about, <laughs> talk about in terms of just, you know, the Capital District. You know Coach King well. These teams know each other well. There's the rivalry, but then there's also I gotta believe a mutual level of respect for what each organization, each work, each what each program's trying to do. You do a lot of things different. You do a lot of things similar. Just just talk about you know kind of the relationship between the two programs historically, or at least as long as you've been there, as long as Coach King's been there. Well, I think I think that's a great question and it's a great observation. I mean, there's a lot of coaches that have come from Coach Ford. I'm one of them, along with Joe, Gary, and Donnie, and all of the guys that you mentioned, and. Uh, you know, Joe does a great job and his staff. They do a great job of getting the local talent. In addition to branching out, they've become more global. They've done a great job in recruiting. They have a wide, wide variety of uh, players who can do a million different things, especially offensively and defensively. I mean, offensively, great move by those guys going to the spread. You know, we've stayed pretty much the same in terms of our offense. I mean, we've opened it up. I mean, we'd like to throw the ball. In fact, I mean, 
if I had my druthers, I'd throw it, you know, 50% of the time. And, you know, it's just going to depend on what our deal is with our quarterback. Defensively, you know, obviously the backbone of our team has been defense. I know we haven't played great defense this year in terms of, uh, you know, point productivity or holding our opponents down in terms of points. But, you know, we still emphasize defense. And, uh, you know, obviously special teams are real key. The recruiting wars, uh, you know, we go head-to-head with RPI quite a bit. There's a lot of common folks on both rosters, and uh, obviously you've got to hold the fort down in the Capital District and, you know, New York State, and they do a great job of recruiting, and, uh, you know, we try to do the same. And, uh, you know, Joe's a very, very good football coach. He's got a fine coaching staff, and, you know, we feel like we're good football coaches and have a fine coaching staff too. And, you know, the rivalry is a very, very healthy one. It's not only a football rivalry, but it's kind of an academic student-athlete rivalry just between the schools, not only in football but in all sports. And I think it's really, really healthy for the Capital District, and I think it's really, really healthy for the game. And it's certainly been a healthy rivalry for Union, and I'm sure it's been a healthy rivalry for RPI. I mean, we respect the heck out of, you know, what they do, what they've done, and how they approach uh, you know the wins, and uh, you know they've won certainly their great share of games, and you got to respect that. And you know Joe's been the captain of the ship, and he's done a great job with it. Coach, uh, you know I'm, I'm not going to ask you the question, but I I, I will kind of jokingly say uh, to the folks that are in the chat room right now that there is <laughs> the weather forecast for Saturday, for great. Friday, for Thursday. <laughs> is for sunny, no rain in the Capital District. <laughs> I'd like to know now if, you know, I want to do an on-field interview or something, if I should be wearing some kind of rain boot. You know, I don't know where it's coming from, though. I never did this in RPI play. I don't know why these people keep asking this. Because you know, two years I, ago, that field was unnaturally wet. That's, that's, why that's why a fan asking. asking that question. I'll tell you that right now. Well, you, you didn't ask the question, but I, I figured that that was going to come up at some point. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll answer the question without you asking it. Um, okay, go no, on. no, 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 seriously. I mean, we're going to, you know, we're going to do our due diligence and certainly practice on the grass. I know that two years ago when we went over there, the field, you know, was not in great condition. But, you know, both teams had a play in it. And, you know, we've been a turf team. And we thought that the field turf would, would, would kind of convert over to the grass situation. And I don't think that we've done a great job on the grass. And we certainly didn't do it two years ago over at RPI. And, you know, this year, I mean, we're going we're gonna to make sure that we practice on the grass. And, uh, you know, if it's raining and pouring out, instead of going up on the turf, we're going to practice on the grass. And, you know, it's, it's, it's something that you've got to, you know, you've you got to compete with. I mean, the weather could be good, the weather could be bad, and, you know, it's not a field turf field. So, you know, we obviously got to get ourselves ready to go and play in any kind of weather and any kind of circumstance. But, uh, you know, we like the field turf, as you know, and, you know, we've been a pretty good turf team. And, Sometimes the grass doesn't uh, doesn't fit us as well as uh, we'd like it, so we've got to be a little bit better there. Well, starting next year, you have none to worry about. All conditions equal. The new field, well, I, perfect field. I hear, and I hear it's I hear it's a great facility, and uh, you know that's a credit to RPI and the money they've raised and the uh, amount of money and effort that they've put into the football program. I I really think that's great, and I think they uh, they've done a wonderful job with that. I can't wait to see the to see the stadium. Coach, real quickly, your bi- biggest, best memory from uh, the Dutchman Shoes rivalry since you've been head coach. And if you well, want to see Eric Rand at RPI, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that, Coach. Well, I, I was going to say, you know, in 1992, <laughs> in 1992 when they beat us here and they ran the kickoff back, I think they beat us 
27 to 10. I remember it very, very succinctly. And that wasn't a great memory, but that one stuck in my mind for a long period of time. And believe it or not, Eric, I think about that all the time. Uh, anyway, but the, the, I, I think there's two that, that does stand out for me. Uh, 1993, when we went undefeated, and Marco Lyonez and Moja and Egbert and, and, and all of those guys. And, uh, you know, Benny Gilbert and his team, uh, when he was a freshman uh, back in 98, uh, we upset RPI and we had a an off week that week with a freshman quarterback. Uh, it was uh, it was a good one. But, uh, you know, I think that the most exciting one and the one that was really the most fun, I mean, they're all fun, was, you know, two years ago when it was uh, about six or 7,000 people here and it was a track meet, 49-42, and, uh, you know, that one uh, with Thomas and Angeletta and Twitchell and 10 Lottie. 10-0, 10-0. Yeah, all those guys. So, you know, 93 yeah. and 2006, I think, were the two. We're the two that stick out. Yeah, remember, mind. Coach, you give Frank a chance to work longer when you do that, you know. <laughs> well, hey, Frank oh, yeah. does a great job for us, Eric, as you do for RPI. So, Frank, uh, you know, Frank uh, has just been great for us. We uh, we really thank him a lot and appreciate everything that he's done for us. Thanks, Coach. Well, Coach Audino, Coach John Audino, we appreciate you joining us here in the huddle. Sorry about the technical issues at the top of it. I think we'll have some Rudy music coming up any moment if you want to stick you around go. your computer and listen. But uh, nonetheless, <laughs> we appreciate it. Good luck this Saturday against RPI in the Dutchman Shoes game at 86 Field at 1 p.m. Coming up, joining us next is Nick uh, Casal uh, from RPI. Let's take it to commercial first because, Eric, I think everybody is still – in the huddle. Uh, I think they're in the huddle. Hi, I'm Brad Paisley. As an entertainer, I've always believed that music and good times go hand in hand. But if your good times involve alcohol, remember that the average person can only metabolize about one drink an hour. That's just 12 ounces of beer, 5 ounces of wine, or an ounce and a half of 80-proof liquor. And whatever the home remedies, only time will sober you up. Call a cab, designate a driver, get home alive. Call 1-800-GET-MAD or visit mad.org. That's one 800 Get M-A-D-D. I'll tell you, Frank, our switchboard is way off tonight, buddy. Yeah, so much for your rooting music. You know, let me let me say one thing about our next guest uh, coming up. I'm trying to get Nick Cassell on. I can't even do it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to, you like writing letters? I'm going to write a letter. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll write mine first probably by the time you're done with yours. Uh, in the meantime, while we're trying to get our guest on here, uh, I, the one way I remember how to say uh, Nick Casal's name is because he played at his school known as LaSalle, uh, right down the road uh, from RPI, so I'm sure we can uh, ask him about that. Uh, Nick is a uh, five-year senior uh, who is a defensive lineman for the RPI engineers, uh, when we asked him uh, to be on, I remember uh, Sports Information Director Kevin Beatty over at RPI uh, said how excited he was and how it was an honor to uh, be asked to be on the show. So, you know, we, we always get taken aback by people that are that excited to be on with us. We feel like we're actually doing something right here for once in our lives. So well, we appreciate that, and he'll be joining us any moment now. Remember, though, folks, you're listening to In the Huddle on Black Talk Radio. And uh, it sounds like uh, Eric is dialing up Nick right as we speak right now. <laughs> if Nick, actually, I think Nick might be on the air. Hello? Nick, are you with me? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Nick, thanks for joining us. <laughs> uh, we're running a, real... a little down here. Yeah. Nick, I, I got to apologize. We're both RPI guys. That should, ins- that should insinuate that I'm really technically savvy and can run a radio switchboard. I guess I'm not getting it done tonight, buddy. 
that's okay. I'm a management major anyway, so. Well, same same that probably a lot of guys that you know, management. <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, I, mean, I assume you're, are you an engineer, Nick? No, I'm not. All right, I was going to say, if you were, you're going to come work for us after your career's over here, and you're going to run the switchboard. <laughs> so, Nick, you know what? We don't ever really uh, get to get many defensive players from RPI on the show, and, you know, just like offensive linemen, the defensive linemen just don't seem to get their moment in the sun. But you've seen your share of Dutchman Shoes games, and you've had contributions beyond contributions in terms of the success of RPI over the last few years. So we really want to honor that fact here. Uh, in uh, having you join us and uh, to have you maybe recall some memories of the uh, Dutchman Shoes game. But first, I mean, let's look at your current season. We had your coach, Joe King, on earlier, and, you know, it's been a great season for you guys. Uh, you you rolled through everybody that you played. Utica was probably your biggest test so far in terms of uh, a challenge uh, down four quarters, basically, of a game. I mean, what do you attribute the success to? I, I mean, yeah, you've got a great offense, but the defense has got to be doing something right. What's going so right for you guys? Um, I think uh, the, the coaches do a great job each week uh, with game planning um, for each team that we play defensively. And uh, we just have a good core group of seniors uh, that really come together and stuck it out. So I think that's, that's our biggest uh, – you know, component to our success right now will be our, our senior class. Now, you're a hometown guy. You went to uh, LaSalle, I believe, right down the road, uh, if, I, if my reading was correct on you. Is that right? That's right. So you, you had some exposure to the Dutchman Shoes game uh, before you actually got to RPI. What made you choose RPI in the first place? Let's start there as the school you chose. Right. Well, actually, uh, my older brother was on the, the national semi uh, national semi team in 2003. I remember that. Yeah, so Homer, um, <laughs> for those four years, I kind of um, you know got to see the you know RPI football for what it was, and um, I, you felt a part of it, especially for that for that season. Uh, there was something special there, and uh, so that was a, a main attraction for me, being able to see from the inside, pretty much being able to see the football and both academically. It's a great school, so. And uh, I see a question uh, pop up my screen here. You know, how much of a recruiting tool do you think a Final Four trip like your brother experienced is for RPI? I mean, you obviously, uh, it only helped your decision at the end of the day, but, I mean, what have you seen since uh, 2003, I believe it was? uh, What has been the experience in terms of recruiting since that point? Uh, I mean, we've got a, a great group of guys in very athletic groups. Uh, but in addition to that, they've been coming from geographic regions all over the country. I mean, we're getting kids from Florida, uh, Georgia, Maryland. Um, so it's not just kind of the uh, New York, New England area anymore. So we're kind of branching out. we got a couple of kids from California. So, Well, uh, you're in the huddle right now with uh, Nick Cassell, uh, who uh, bore our uh, switchboard problems. We appreciate that uh, so far tonight. But, uh, Nick, you got a big game coming up this weekend. Let's uh, head into this one a little bit uh, against Union. And records have been lopsided or somewhat lopsided uh, historically between these two teams when they face each other. One will be, you know, maybe seven and zero, and the other will be, you know, three and three or something like that, uh, like this year. 
uh, 6-0 and 3-3, three and three, I think it's actually what this year's is. I mean, do you look at the record and say, well, Union's having kind of an off season, and, uh, you know, we don't necessarily need to throw the kitchen sink at them to win? I mean, how do you approach the team when the win-loss record is different? Because you've been around when Union was 9-0 and heading into the game. You've been uh, against them, like, last year when they weren't as hot in the win-loss column. I mean, how do you approach Union each year and based on their standings? Well, I can tell you, and I know Coach King would agree with me, uh, common theme is just throw the records right out out the window with this one. Um, Union is a great football team. There's no doubt about that. So that's how we're going to approach this game. Um, and we both know that um, going into the shoes week that both teams are going to play, play at a high level um, that you might not have seen in, in weeks before. So um, we're going we're gonna to plan for this like we're playing a great Union football team, which we are. So, Nick, this is Eric. <clears throat> You're a fifth-year guy. I actually, believe it or not, was a fifth-year guy at RPI. I kind of know what that feels like. You're a lineman. I was a lineman. You know, <laughs> lunch pail situation. You go to work. You punch the clock every day. You're not catching touchdowns. You're not running the ball. You know, you, you go put the time in. A couple questions for you. First, let me ask you this. As a fifth-year guy, at least, you know, my perspective is you're out there. You've been through this a lot of times. You've been through the Dutch Shoes game. You've been to the playoffs. You've been through training camp. You know, how do you – got to believe at this stage of your career now when you're practicing, when you're a younger guy, I think you remember, you put the pads on every day. You're a freshman. You're probably playing against the first offense. You're, you know – it's not your most favorite thing in the world to go to practice every day. But at this point in your career, you're probably so fired up, you're not going to do this much longer. I mean, it becomes something that you savor. You can't wait to get out there every day. Each day is fun. You, you have the camaraderie. You know there's not a lot of time left to do this. Talk about the transition from being a freshman to where, hey, I'm just trying to earn a spot, to now being a fifth-year guy. How much more do you appreciate everything you have every day as a player you put those pads on, because when you get to be 30 years old, or as, as Aaron Savasi likes to say, really old when you're 36 <laughs> like me. <laughs> I always feel that he calls me old, too. You, well, exactly. You're old, too. I mean, he says I'm, I'm the old man on the team. Nick, oh, Nick I'll tell you, I mean, I, I'd pay to put him back on and go go <laughs> play for a day. So, so you know, at your position, how, how do you feel being a fifth-year guy? I mean, do you really savor this time? Are, are you really enjoying this? Oh, absolutely. I've I've had a, a great time this year. Um, and to be honest, in the springtime, I still wasn't sure if I was going to be able to come back. I was still working out the details with graduate school, and uh, I got to come back. So uh, I'm just having a, a great time. And, and I'm surrounded by defensively on the D-line. we got a lot of seniors that we've been playing together for a while. So I just try to remind those guys every day, you know, we're, we're not going to be able to do this too much longer. So uh, let's go out there and have fun. And practice is no different. Good time. Absolutely. Go ahead, Eric. Oh, well, thank you, Frank. Thank you for letting me no talk problem. to a fellow lineman RPI guy. I appreciate <laughs> oh, that. boy, here we go. Sorry. <laughs> no, Nick, I actually i am scanning the boards. You know, our fans, you have fans, just so you know that. You, you have fans. Know you know, you do. You really do. So, so let me ask you, here's a question from the fans, and I'll circle back to some other stuff Frank and I want to talk about. Here's a question. Let me, let me read it right from here. RPI number one in the red zone defense in the Liberty League. What is it about this year's defense that's helping you guys step it up with their backs to the wall? And I'll, and I'll back that up with a stat. 
Mr. Uh, James from Los Angeles is providing us here. Opponents are 10 for 18, eight touchdowns, six run, two pass, two field goals, three miss. So how are you guys able to kind of tighten it up, tighten the screws down in the red zone, and, and, and be in the position you're in? Well, to be honest, it's always been um, something that uh, Coach King and Coach Martinovich has kind of stressed for us to um, be be a good red zone defense. And um, we, we, you know, we stressed it last year, and this year I think we finally took it upon ourselves as a defense to to say, you know what, uh, they're down here, but they're not in yet. Um, and that that seems to be our, our you know our common motto that they're not in yet. So uh, we've just been really taking that to heart and making sure that they don't get in. Excellent answer. So I'm going to shift gears in here for a second, Nick. <clears throat> I'm going to play a what-if game, but a fun what-if game. And Frank's going to laugh at me for doing this. But, you know, I was a lineman, you're a lineman. You always ask yourself, okay, I fight in the trenches. I don't get all the media attention. I don't get to carry the ball. So what would I do if I was doing something different? So, Nick, I used to ask myself, would I want to be a running back, receiver, quarterback, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Nick, if you weren't playing defensive line, what would you? What what other position would you want to play? Would you want to be a running back? Can I get the ball? You want to, to throw honest, the ball? I'd I'd rather play. I would I would play O line if I couldn't play D line. O line. You want to be a hog, huh? Yeah. I enjoy hitting people. You like hit you, you yeah. like hit people? Is that what you said? I do. <laughs> so you know now, there's not a really good career for that path. After college, if you don't no. go to all right. I just want to keep you. I want to keep you out of trouble, buddy. No, no, I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, Nick, we got another chat room question here. Uh, Twenty-eight Colvin is asking, uh, how's the atmosphere on the field? Uh, is there still a lot of trash talking uh, in the games versus Union? And just to kind of take a step back from the question, there seems to be a fair share of words that get exchanged uh, during that game. I even see it up in the press box. I mean, what's it like on the field? Is it more so in that game than the other games in your schedule? Um, in years past, I, I'd say I'd say so. I mean, both teams are just uh, the game is so important to them. They're just working as hard as they can. Uh, you tend to get frustrated, and you know you express it in words sometimes. So I'd say, yeah, I would say, yeah, definitely that <laughs> this game more than most. You know, then we're. That's a good answer. No, that's a good question and a good answer because there, there is a lot of trash talking done out in the field, man. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, that's what happens. Hey, it's, it's an emotional game. It's played by emotional guys with a lot of passion and a lot of energy. Hey, Nick, what you don't realize is that there's trash talking going on between Eric and I in our little <laughs> messenger session uh, behind the scenes right now. Uh, well, some, uh, that's, that's a good point. I want to ask Nick. Nick, you know, fortunately you guys are in the lead in, in the Liberty League. You're sitting in the driver's seat. We're, you know, you have the opportunity this year. You're getting a lot of attention. RPI, you know, is is in the spotlight. You got, you know, it's like Jimmy Jimmy Robertson said. You have a bullseye on your back when you play other teams. How how much of a of a motivator is it for you to know that there's a you know there's this extra layer of attention when things are going your way, when there's a playoff berth on the line, even even when you have something like this, right? A, a, a conference chat, you know, conference talk show, just this extra level of attention to help promote this whole concept of, of Liberty League football? Uh, I, I think it's a great motivating factor um, um, for us, but at the same time we do understand that 
you know, we're going to get the best out of teams when we, we step on the field against them. Um, that's how it's been, you know, last year. That's how it was. It, I'm, that's how it's been this year. So um, it's definitely a motivating factor to know that we're going to get the best from our opponent every week. Excellent. So, Frank. Well, you're listening uh, right now to Blog Talk Radio in the Huddle. We're joined by uh, Nick Casal. And, Nick, I'm not going to ask you to predict the game or anything along those I'll lines. Do that, that's Tim. I, I said I'm not going to. I, I, there was a not in there. But what I'm I am going to fly to Miami and body slam you. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> you got to catch me, big man. You got to catch me first. Um, Don't worry, anyways. Nick. I'm standing up for the lineman, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you know, Eric's 40 is about 10.2, I think, right now. So it'll be interesting. Nonetheless, I'm not going to – yeah, whatever. Uh, I'm not going to ask you for uh, predictions, as I was saying. Uh, but, you know, overall, how much disappointment would there be if you guys didn't win this game? I mean, you would – obviously, a loss would mean you lose uh, the uh, uh, undefeated status this season. And you would still be in the lead in the Liberty League, uh, however, at that point. But you would lose against Union, especially. I mean, how much disappointment would that be, and does that drive and motivate you guys to make sure that result does not happen in this game? Um, that's a good question. To be honest with you, um, I don't. I, I've never really thought about that. Thought about it that way. Um, we we know how important this game is. Um, everyone around that's involved knows how important the Dutchman Shoes game is. Um, as far as us not being undefeated, right now we're not even concerned with us being undefeated. Right now all we care about is winning the Dutchman Shoes, and to do that we're going to have to have a great week of practice. So that's our main focus right now. What's your best memory from uh, the series, real quick? Uh, we've been asking all the uh, different uh, participants this. What's your best memory of the Dutchman Shoes? Probably uh, the win last year at Union. That was a to win back to back and at Union, that was that was a big game. Uh, for a Union fan, uh, it's uh, the biggest nightmare to be honest with you. So I can <laughs> yeah. see why you would say that. On your right. Hey Nick, seriously, man, thanks a lot for joining us. This has been fantastic. You're you're a class act, fifth year senior. You're you're in the trenches. We had your counterpart. You probably have to face off against Tony, offensive line for Union. It's been a pleasure having you. Good luck this week. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Nick Casal from uh, RPI, is captain, fifth-year senior defensive lineman, was joining us in the huddle. And, uh, boy, Eric, Eric, we've had just great interviews tonight from Coach King to Tony Morello to Coach Ardino and uh, Nick Casal. We've had some laughs, but we've had some great answers, and it's been just because we have great interviews. That's because we have great interviews. Well, I'm not going there, but uh, who do we have on the phone right now? I I don't know. I, I know we got James. From LA, he's live. We have a four-two-three area code. Who's that? Uh, that would be me, Micah. M- oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Micah. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. We got two minutes. Here's how we're gonna structure this. Two minutes. We gotta keep this real tight because you guys, we ran it long. Two minutes. You each get probably forty seconds. Micah, four-two-three. That that might be Tennessee, Chattanooga. That's correct. One minute left. Michael, give us your lowdown. Shoes prediction, buddy. 30 seconds or less. Oh, geez. Um, well, I am 28 Colvin, former resident of 28 Colvin, and um, I'm, I'm feeling good about RPI this year. 
Uh, it's at 86 Field. It's going to be sloppy. It's going to be wet. Uh, I think the Hogs are going to be out there, and I think the uh, passing offense is going to be there. Uh, I'm thinking similar to the last game at 86. It'll probably be a close one till the end. RPI pulls it out 24 to 18. 24 to 18. You heard it. Micah from Chattanooga, Tennessee, former RPI player, taking the time to call on it on a Sunday. He's, he, of course, he's going to root for his team. Frank? Mike, I'm going to miss you at the game, actually. Uh, I'm really disappointed you're not making up for it. But, uh, James, I saw on the message board that you're actually rooting for Union because you're Harvard, yeah, Harvard Hobart affiliation. Yeah. Sorry. Only close uh, go ahead. Name. That's about it. But uh, why, who do you think is going to win? Why? And why are you rooting for Union? 59 seconds left to go, by the way. Go. I, you know, I think it's going to – I think, actually, RPI will, will probably take it uh, based on uh, Robertson. I think he's going to be the, the difference maker. I'm going to I'm gonna root for Union just because it would be you know, nice to mix things up in the Liberty League with RPI getting a loss uh, near the end of the season right before the Hobart game. But, yeah, I think that RPI pulls it out by a field goal. So, RPI first. field goal. Let me ask you guys a question. Micah, thanks for dialing in. Do you want to say hello to anyone? Yeah, we give a shout out to Regulator who forced me to call in. But you know, since I can't <laughs> make it to the game this year, uh, you know, I, just, I had to give a, a shout out to uh, all of RPI since I won't be there this year. All right, we got nine seconds left. Fantastic! Listen to the pregame show Saturday. Listen oh, to the pregame show. John Nino, Frank Rossi, everyone else, you've been in the huddle. We'll see you Saturday.